Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Want to go, pretty boy? Two minutes by yourself and you feel shame, you know, and then you get free. Anything better than a glass of beer is tea with Miss McGill. All right, welcome to the Fourth Line Voice Podcast. My name is Darren. Thank you very much for tuning in to episode 74 of the big show. We're not even doing an intro today, folks. I'm not giving you any rambling or nothing. We're just getting right into it. On the line, my boy Steve, returning guest. Must be sweeps week when I get this guy on. Steve, how you doing tonight? <laughs> hey, how you doing, man? How are you? How's everything? I'm, I'm, hey, doing very well. Uh, oh, I should have said it's all, uh, when Probert was com is the name of the website. And, uh, you have done, uh, some fantastic write ups over this last little while. And you've just come out with the latest one. Uh, basically the coming of age of, uh, the Jay Miller story or, Everyone in Boston hates Chris Nyland's story. I don't know how we're going to phrase this, but uh, <laughs> but uh, we're, you just uh, finished writing that saga, and uh, I've been meaning to get you on here for a while because for a while you were tweeting out uh, kind of little blurbs you were calling legends in black and white, and uh, yeah, between uh, you and the and and Jay and Finland spitting uh, the old school stuff out lately. Um, there's been some good shit out there. Oh yeah, Jay. It's funny because he's been like a, just a treasure trove of old articles and and pictures and stuff like that. It's like uh, he's been sort of like a godsend to the hobby. Um, you know, every so often someone will kind of pop in and they'll have just all this info and knowledge. And he's really been uh, like just as far as keeping the Twitter story going, you know, like he's really, you know, just pumping all that out. But he also helped me out in a way with a lot of these Jay Miller pictures and articles and everything like that, that are, that are in the, the Miller post. Um, you know, so, you know, special thanks to, to Jay, uh, you know, for all his help. That was really, it was perfect time. And I was, you know, kind of getting ready to wrap it up. And he just sort of popped on to Twitter with all this, you know, information and, you know, like, Hey, do you need any of the articles? Or just, you know, just perfect timing and it was fantastic and he was a big help for the for the piece yeah no he's been uh no i agree and i uh no he's been great with with me in in terms of um yeah yeah like even if i'm having a guest on you know i get a hold of him and hey i'm i'm, I'm a, you know i'm probably talking to so and so next week and oh here i'll get you some stuff and you know yeah there you know get these some newspaper articles and stuff and even in there you know there there's been like a you know a tidbit of a story or something that you know, you, you I otherwise wouldn't obviously wouldn't wouldn't have known, 
and then you know you get to ask the ask the player about it and then of course that leads into a whole whole bigger story and everything that uh you know we wouldn't wouldn't have heard um you know without without that article so it uh no absolutely no he's he's been great and uh and plus it's just fun to go back and read his the 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 old stuff like you said the old newspaper articles and it's because jesus he was putting stuff up from like what are we talking like sprague cleghorn stuff like oh my god like yeah oh, yeah know. he was going back yeah definitely you know so it was it's like, like he's he's scraping the bowels of the like uh, digital archives, you know, and he's he's coming up with all these like you know gems and you know it's like uh, even the, some of the modern stuff like that he's posted just awesome ones. Some of the pictures, you know, that he's fine. Just you know, it's been great. It's um like I like to say, he's just kind of keeping things going with with like the hobby and the you know the the gaining of knowledge of all of everything in hockey fighting and everything like that. So he's been great. No, absolutely, and oh, and like you, yeah. I mean, you and I have uh, lamented about this before on here, but on your other episode, or yeah, your other visits on here. But uh, you know, yeah, like that when the when the message boards went away, that went away. All that information, it did, yeah. You know, You're right? It's almost like we had like those little, I don't know, like I guess you could call it little headquarter places where, hey, I just found this awesome YouTube video. I don't think it's out there. Let me post it here. The guys will love it. You know, and it, boom, instantly got 100 people watching it. And, you know, uh, people were thanking the post, and everyone loves it. And it was all right there. You knew all of, instead of, like, on Twitter, where you gotta, you got to kind of go back on your profile a million, a million pages to find something, you know, old. Everything was centrally located on those sites, and all that information and knowledge was all collected there. And, you know, Jay would have been perfect for that, you know, it's, he would have had his own forum, you know what I mean? Yeah. But um, unfortunately, those places, they're not, they're not really, uh, they're not around, you know, anymore. So, you know, we got to kind of take what we can get, you know, on Twitter and Facebook and whatever. But um, you know, I'm glad he's, he's come up because a lot of that stuff, I don't know about you, but a lot of that stuff, I'm like, oh, wow, that's, that's great. You know, an article on Probert or whatever. And it's like, you know, that's just like right up my alley. You know what I mean? No, absolutely. No, the same thing. And, uh, and like I said, and that's why, um, well, before we got going, but I, I've said this on, on here numerous times, even when you weren't on here, but I mean, um, for, for those listening, uh, when Probert was com, go back and Steve has written articles about, you know, your breakdown rivalries and your, of course, your top 25 of all time list that you had that, I mean, I had you on for that. And, uh, you know, we broke down that article and, but I mean, um, uh, to go back and see it in written form. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Steve does such a great job with the article and then including the pictures and the video and the video to go along with the articles. And I mean, it's, uh, yeah, like you said, you can, if, if you, uh, you could get lost reading your site for a while. So, but I know, uh, you hadn't put anything up for a little while until just what this week, um, you put up your, the, this whole Bruins Montreal rivalry thing, and, and basically more more or less a, a written history of Jay Miller, really, in, in his rookie season. And uh, and I was reading that article, and uh, it got me again. I'm like, all right, I, I got to get Steve on to actually just talk about this because I, I enjoyed reading it so much, and you're so thorough that um, that's amazing when you read this stuff. It's like you know, because of course you and I and and the people that within the hobby we have so much we have video and we've seen all this stuff, but there's just, I think, I mean, for myself anyway, 
it's like I've I think I've I've watched so much stuff I'm starting to forget what I've seen. <laughs> you know? Yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. You know, and it was funny because, like I said, reading your article there, and you have the YouTube clips. You start watching it, and it's like, I remember seeing this on an old tape years ago, but you forget, like, how good that fight was or how good, you know, and then you start going down that rabbit hole. Because it's funny in your article, well, we'll get into it obviously more here right away, but when you talk about current, you know, and it's like, you know, you see Leafs current, and it's like, eh, you know, okay. But, I mean, yeah. <laughs> you got me thinking about it. He was pretty. He wasn't bad in Boston, though, and he'd get in there. No, he was, yeah, he was, the, the one thing I loved about him, and I, I actually touched on it, is the guy had no fear. I mean, he was nope. a bigger guy anyway, you know, but he, the guy had no problem taking on Dave Brown, you know, or, or Probert, like, he had no, and he would just jump right in there, too, you know, uh, he was one of those guys I really loved about him. The only, the only beef with, with Kern would be just be kind of like his fighting style, he was sort of like a like just a wild all out and fall down kind of fighter, you know, and you know, it was kinda of like the the only drawback to him is he was you know, ballsy as all hell, but you know, he was he was probably falling down in that fight. Oh yeah, exactly. But it's just like you forget some of these guys, um I don't you just forget the incidents after a while and, and, and you need kind of the refresher course and uh so yeah, I uh and, and it was funny, even just, well, even just talking about Jay Miller, I always say he's one of those guys growing up, I was never a Miller guy. I could never put my finger on yeah. on why. I, I never knew why I didn't like, for some reason I just didn't like him. Um, I, I, <laughs> I fully appreciate him now, but, uh, you know, back when they first started getting tapes and stuff and I was a teenager and whatever, oh, this fucking Miller guy, you know, it's just like, I don't know, there was, yeah. something, about, there was something about him, but, uh. Yeah, so going back and watching the, uh, the 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 YouTube clips and and everything of them, it's like, yeah, I mean he was, uh, I mean you'd you'd give your left arm to have a guy in the league like that now. Oh my God, you're right. <laughs> you know, and just um, you know, and the and the rivalry and, but uh, well, we'll just get into this article. What first of all, what was your uh, you know what? The, what was your inspiration for writing it, and uh, what, or what? Like, I mean, because how do you, how did you stumble upon the basically the Jay Miller rookie thing, or the or the decline of the Bruins? I mean, there's a million things you could write about, but what what made you pick this topic? Well, when I started doing that Legends in Black and White series, I it, the whole idea was to just kind of keep it like old old school stuff, you know, back in the days, like those the early, you know post that I was posting had, you know, pictures that look, they look like Wild West gunslinger wanted posters, you know what I mean? It was kind of just, you know, that's what it was about, like the legends in black and white before, you know, color, you know, came into our world. And I was just going to push it right up into the Broad Street Bully era yep. and just kind of let it ride and, and then just stop. And then it just got such a huge response that it kind of took on a life of its own. And it was like every day I was like, I just loved that, you know, putting the little, uh, picture collages together and you know every time i come home from work i was like all right you know i gotta get these done i gotta get this guy you know taken care of and I, each year i kind of follow along and as i came across the 80s you know I'm, you, you know about all this stuff but as you're going over it from the inception of the nhl you know you're starting from the very very beginning 
you know, of the, of the league and even before that. And you kind of, I just slowly worked my way, like, you know, decade by decade, year by year until, you know, we got into the 80s. And then I began, you, you start to see some of the things you weren't, you never really thought of. I'm like, wow, there was actually a, a little bit of a brief lull in the sort of big, bad Bruins, you know, style of play. You know, they kind of fell off after Wenting, Seymour, Jonathan, all those guys left. And it was just, just sort of like O'Reilly there for a little bit. And, you know, as I'm doing the Legends in Black and White, I'm, I just started seeing this, like, oh, you know, this is actually a pretty good little story here. And, you know, that's sort of where it all started from. Yeah, well, and that was like, yeah, exactly. And that was kind of what, um, you know, and exactly when I started reading the article. Um, yeah, and... I mean, you you obviously certainly investigate this and go deeper than 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 I do. So it was like, um, I, I never would have dawned on me to to think, but I start reading the article. It's like, yeah, Bruins were kind of soft. Holy shit, you know. And it's like you start thinking about. I yeah. never because you just. Well, it's funny. I always caution people, and I, I actually make make note of it in the story that the, they weren't. They never really got soft. They yes. always had guys that were willing, but it's, yeah. they just didn't have like. This this was a team that had some of the best fighters in the game. You know, at one point, O'Reilly was one of them. And then you kind of see this area where kind of it's kind of like during the O'Reilly captaincy, those couple of years right at the end of his career, where you know he was breaking down physically and he was nowhere near the kind of fighter that he once was. And he's kind of looking around and he's like, hey, Bruce and Keith Crowder on one side, and you know, and he's you know looks over on the other side. He's got John Blum. You know, and it, it, you start to kind of see, like, all right, there's definitely a falling off. And, you know, you could sort of see how a situation like a Chris Nyland, you know, butt-ending Rick Middleton can occur. You know, there's no, you know, major on-ice deterrent to stop a guy like Nyland. And, you know, he knows it, you know, and uh, you start, you have a situation like this that kind of almost reignites a whole rivalry all over again. Um, and then, then comes Jay Miller. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, like you said, okay, well, we'll start, you know, with especially the Bruins in the 70s, um, you know, throughout the 70s. And then, you know, and then, of course, with the, you know, when the Rod Street bullies in the mid 70s and stuff. So everybody reacting to that. But of course, then you, you have, Don, you know, you have Don Cherry in there coaching and stuff. And I mean, you know, this is the, the, the era of the, the Winsink and the Jonathan and the Cashman and Al Secord and Terry O'Reilly. And it's like, you know, you forget, but man, oh man, like they, they legit were the big bad Bruins without a doubt. Oh yeah. And it's, it's funny when you start to see them and like after the, the John Cherry era ended and they slowly started to kind of like, you know, underachievers, they started getting rid of some of the tough guys, and you know, Wenzick and Secord and, you know, you can kind of see a bit of a drop off, you know, whereas the Flyers sort of just remained you know, one of the top toughest teams in the league. You know, all the way up into the nineties. Yeah. You know, there was really they always had had those couple go to guys. You know, even during this time. And with the Bruins, there was definitely a, a falling off in the quality of the guys that they had. You know, and it was you know noticeable. And it's noticeable for me because I'm going over all this. You know, like videotape, and I'm always watching this, and I'm into this. Is this is my thing? You know, so I can kind of I pick up on these sort of things. But as as a fan myself. You know, I was a young Bruins fan at that time. I was a kid, you know, but, you know, when that was a big thing when Nyland did that to Nifty, and it was kind of a huge thing, especially in my neighborhood, 
being a sports-centric neighborhood in Ireland became, you know, public enemy number one. Well, yeah. Well, just to just to kind of go away from our story here for well for a second on the in terms of the timeline, but yeah. So I mean, and it, how odd back then. I mean, it's touched on in the in the in Nyland's documentary, but I mean, so he, he you know, I mean, he's on Montreal, so he's hated already. But then he does the thing to Middleton, and it's like just the fact that that he is a Boston guy too, like from the area, playing for Montreal comes back and does that to one of the beloved Bruins. It's like just so many storylines in there. Oh, yeah. No, you're right. It, and it's sort of, it, I guess it's weird because, you know, now you're like, you're not welcome in your hometown anymore. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But, I mean, I don't mean to take it to extreme, but I was a fan, you know, and he was kind of like the first player. I was like, I hate him. You know, I actually hate, I hate what he did to that, you know, my, my you know favorite player and, you know, I was a young kid at the time, impressionable. And, you know, now, you know, at the time, I didn't really realize the whole Bruins toughness. I shouldn't say issue. They already had, you know, willing guys and everything like that. But, um, you know, now, you know, looking back, you could say, oh, well, you know, there wasn't really, they didn't have those, that big ace anymore. They had, you know, they had Curran, you know, he was a guy that they could rely on, you know. But, you know, at the time, you're just like, wow, I hate this guy now, and we got to do something about him, you know. And, but it was kind of interesting having grown up during that time. And then, you know, in hindsight now, writing something about it, you know, as a fan myself, you know, so that was part of the fun. Well, yeah, and it would, I, I, it would be interesting I, what, the, what, the, what the Bruins' reaction would be when Nylon signed with Boston after all these years. Uh, I, you know, it's funny, as a fan, I wasn't, I wasn't fooled. <laughs> And he goes, oh, very. Once he's coming to Boston now, uh, well, you know, he's going to have to really prove something to me. You know, that's kind of the way I looked at it as when I was when I first heard about it. Yeah, you know, because of everything that had happened. You know, I was still young and still, you know, it, yeah. As you grow older, you let all that stuff go. I love Nyland now, but at the time, it was like, oh, you know, he, he was always like a villain to me, and you know, I was hard to, you know, as the fan in me, it was hard to set that aside. You know, even when he came to Boston, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I, and he also knew he was a little bit past his prime too. You know, kind of, yeah, not get like you know that, that prime now, and you know, but but it was all good. Now I look back, I kind of laugh at it now. But what well, was funny, like when it came to Nylon, I hated Nylon growing up. And again, the same. Re- I yeah. I don't know why. It wasn't like I grew up in Boston. I mean, I I real I don't know why. I just didn't like him for some reason, and I don't know what it was. And uh, you know, and then after watching that his documentary. It was like I found a whole. I had a whole new respect. I mean, I respected him anyway at that point. But I mean, after you watch the documentary, it was like, and you hear his, some of his stories. I'm like, oh, this guy's pretty badass, actually. And then, of course, that in seeing that, you go back and you start going back onto YouTube and you start watching all the the old Nylon stuff. And it was like, you know, goddamn, this guy's pretty good, actually. Like I always kind of thought he sucked, and then all of a sudden you go back and you watch his stuff, and it was like. I mean, you couldn't have asked for a more willing guy. I mean, in terms of like a fight card and and frequency, oh, and yeah. it's like, I mean, what more do you want, right? And I mean, uh, yeah, and not yeah. only that, but he was under, under six feet, and, you, and for a good stretch there, he was by himself, all by his lonesome. Yeah, you know, like taking on Playfair and, and Cochran and Wilson, and and there was nobody else. You know, occasionally you did have somebody roll through, but it was very brief, you know, but until Kordak, they didn't really have a regular guy come along, so it was, you know, I've, 
kudos to him when you look back. Like you said, you look back and like, wow, I can't believe he fought, you know, X amount of times. And he was always there taking on the biggest and baddest fighters, too. You know, big series against Dave Brown, Playfair. You know, he was he fought for two. He fought them all. Yeah, and I mean, you know, you and going back, I mean, well, you'd know better than I would, but I'm just thinking back to his fights. I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, he didn't, you know, obviously no one ever wins them all, but I mean, I don't remember ever Nyland getting KO'd or anything. Do you? Like, no, I, I think I remember, I can't, I can't remember if it was Greg Adams, I forget exactly, but I saw him get dropped. Didn't see him get, like, uh, KO'd or anything like that. You know, he, was, he reminded me of, like, Darren Langan in that regard. Like, he just, not a very big guy, taking on much bigger opponents, but he had a style, like a kind of like a technical style that sort of, you know, served him well and as far as not being having to take all that punishment. He wasn't one of those, like, run-to-arm, toe-to-toe warriors or anything like that. You know, he had a very cautious style, used his stamina, you know, mixed in, you know, very good at tying up, you know, and you can preserve yourself a lot longer. And you're right, I don't really recall him ever being, like, devastated in a fight, you know, um, no. or anything like that. No, no, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, but he, I, uh, he's another guy I have big, res- big respect for. I don't know if where you'd rank, uh, Chris Nyland all time. I remember debating this in the past, you know, but, um, you know, he just one of those guys you, you kind of like look at his overall career, you know, and you're like, you're just like, wow, can't you know, look at the fight card this guy had. Yeah, no, exactly. Well, we go back to the message board days, right? Like, I first got back, get on there in the late 90s and, you know, and I still kind of, you know, at that point I was, yeah, I, yeah, I always respected the job Nyland did, but I was still in the camp of, ah, uh, he, he kind of sucked, you know, and then, but you'd have, <laughs> you'd have guys on fried chicken, like pumping his tires, right? And you'd be just like, ah, oh, what, Nyland, are you serious? Like, come on, man. But I mean, as time has gone on, and like I said, you watch some more video on him and it's like with a little more critical eye and it was like, uh, I, I'm, I'm glad that uh, if those message boards were still around, I think I'd have to go back and delete a few posts. I think, uh, you know, because <laughs> pr- pretty solid, pretty solid. But yeah, um, he was. yeah. Well, like he, he, said, he was also he was also a motherfucker too. <laughs> oh, well, that's that, kind of one of the one of the things about him. It's kind of like there was there was no middle ground when you kind of loved him or you hated him and. You know, uh, if you were a Montreal fan, you loved him, but yeah, you know, he certainly added some spice to that rivalry. But he, you know, I literally think he kind of reignited that rivalry in the eighties when he when he did that. Plus the bench clear the next year. Yeah, yeah, you know, well, that was another huge thing. It's like, oh, there he is again. Jesus, what are we gonna do about this guy? Yeah, no, you exactly. Know, but, uh, well, I mean, they had to, our side. hell, they had to they had to the maintenance maintenance crew got involved at Boston Garden just because of him, right? Building up the what they call yeah. it, the Island Gate or whatever, and. I think that was the name of it, you know, because of that brawl. Yeah, that was funny. It was funny. Yeah, it was. It's so funny. Kenny Lindemann running his mouth is just hilarious, but just a funny se- sequence of events. But again, shows just how much of a thorn in the Bruins side Nyland could be. No, absolutely. Well, like you said, um, kind of in the when we're you know we're going through the seventies and into the early eighties, and you know the Bruins are starting to, you know, kind of you know like, like you said O'Reilly's sort of the lone the lone guy there in terms of like, I guess, names, I'm using air quotes, names, I guess, but, um, you know, and he certainly is, you know, well past his prime and, 
but that eight, uh, just looking through your article and I didn't realize it at the time, but it was, uh, yeah, that 82 and kind of 83 draft. I mean, I think obviously the Bruins recognized it. I mean, you know, with Kluzak and Kern and Lyndon Byers and Nevin Marquardt all getting drafted in those two years. You're right. Yeah. And, um, I forgot to, at the time, I think he was built as somewhat of a tough guy, but we had Bob Sweeney, I think in the 83 draft as well. And, um, even though he wasn't really a, a prototypical tough guy, he did, he would, you know, supply some sandpaper. He was a college player, you know what I mean? But, um, but you know, that they could, you can definitely see they were looking at their issues with defense on the, on the, on the blue line, you know, and, uh, they, they want to pick up Kluzak and Kern, um, you know, and Kluzak was another one of those guys who had, you know, tremendous potential, just a lot of injury problems. And he also, um, as we've seen, he was willing to, you know, flat out brawl if he had to, not like a, you know, a top 10 contender or anything like that, but he would take on a Brown. He would take on a, a Jim Kite or a Probert. You know, he was one of those guys. I mean, Karen was, was similar, not as much offensive potential from him. He was more of a, just a physical, tough D-man, you know, and I think that the, you know, the Bruins liked his, his toughness and grit, you know, and I think he was actually kind of the guy, you know, as far as fighting went for the Bruins, you know, for a very brief period, you know, kind of like the one guy you could kind of look to because he had that size, you know, but, um, you know, then, then, you know, eventually Miller wound up coming along. Uh, but you could see there was sort of a, you know, especially the response game. When you look at the, all right, Nyland just sat down. He was just sat for eight games after buttoning with Middleton. And the Bruins need to respond now that he's back. And, and Curran goes right at it. And you're kind of like, eh. You know, the fights just weren't what you what you wanted. You, as a fan, you wanted to see a, a total demolishing or a great fight. And the fights, you know, Curran was tied up and struggled with Nyland's, you know, technical ability and, you know, it was it was a response, but probably not like the one that, that they really wanted. And you know, shortly after that, they brought in Jay Miller. Yeah, no, exactly, and that's uh, you know, eighty five, eighty six season. Um, yeah, with Miller, and yeah, and you know, again, interesting you know, with Miller, which is which is kind of surprising. He's a college guy. Um, yes. You know, you, you know, you'd always sort of expect it, you know, at that time frame, you know, always going to be going to get a guy from the Western League, right? You know, like Curran and Kluzak and those guys. And, well, and actually, and Byers and Marquardt, they're all from the Western Hockey League, you know. Just, You're right, yeah. So, but all of a sudden it's like, you know, oh, here comes, well, and he's a local guy or a Massachusetts guy anyway from, and it's like, all right. So it, it's just like almost, it's just another layer to the story, right? Now we're going to, we're going to oh, send, is, yeah. we're going to send another, you know, Massachusetts guy, a couple Boston boys, you know, set to square off, you know, and in, in uh, you know, in response to Nylon, you know, we'll get another local to go after him. It's like, Jesus, what is this Saturday night in <laughs> Southie for Christ's sake? You know, so, yeah. you know, this is goodwill hunting yeah, come to life. The funny thing too is the, um, the Canadians actually had a, another young tough kid, Stevie Rooney. Who they would call up on occasion for a few years, and he's another Canton, Mass native. It's uh, strange what was going on at Montreal, right in Massachusetts for tough guys. Well, yeah, and it's it, especially and it, you know it sounds funny as we're talking now because you know kind of as hockey's become a lot more globalized now. Obviously, it's you know, but still we're talking early mid '80s. It, it 
I don't know, for for lack of a better term, it was still always sort of viewed as a Canadian game. You know what I mean? In yeah. Terms, you yeah, know, and yeah. it was just sort of like, you know, you you got your tough guy. Like I said, you got your tough guys from the Western League. That's just what happened. That's how it happened. And so, but it was it was interesting that that kind of uh, Massachusetts area toughness at the time. If you go back and look, it uh, there were some dudes coming out of there. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. It's it, it, it's and I always found it odd that I'm like I can't believe that these two kids from Massachusetts play for Montreal. It just it just boggled my mind, you know, as a Bruins fan. You know what I mean? But um, yeah, that's another thing about um, Noah too that I, I loved. I, I remarked in the the pieces. I just love the fact that he was kind of like one of us. You know, he was just like a native. You know, you know, he saw that video of of, of Nyland Button in in Middleton and. You know, he must have been right even then, like, all right, oh, I can't wait to get my hands on him, you know, because he, he felt the rivalry. He was a, a Bruins fan, too. So, it's you know, there was something more there with Miller than most tough guys in Boston, you know. Some guys, they come up, they're sort of like nameless faces at first, you know. And with Miller, it was already like, oh, Natick, Matt, you know, Natick Natives, you know, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, you, you kind of get this sort of like local local boy feel and everything like that. And, you know, of course, like you said, with now and also being a, uh, you know, a West Roxbury native, it sort of added a whole other layer. It's, you know, a pretty cool little tale. And that whole first year for, for Miller, it's all about that rivalry. I mean, he has four fights with Nyland, you know, in, in a, you know, short amount of time, you know, and those divisional rivalries were so, you know, heated at the time. And, and Miller jumped right in with Nyland. He didn't waste any time, you know, his, it, in, none, he didn't waste any time taking on the best and Dave Brown in his first NHL fight. And then, you know, he fights on now and four times, Craig Fox. He was, it was Miller time at that point. Well, yeah, that was the interesting thing with, um, yeah, like I remember I've, I've, I've seen the fights and everything, but I was really surprised. Um, I didn't realize that, I didn't realize that Dave Brown fight was his first NHL fight. Um, yeah, I mean, talk about, uh, yeah, like you said, we're, we're, we're just jumping right in. AJ, okay, well. You know, it's, uh... you know, it's funny what I lo- what I really loved about that fight too. Even though it wasn't really a a big fight, and and Brown would would get the W for me if I was going to score it. But at the end, when Miller gets up, he kind of smacks his hands together, like kind of like fuck. I didn't get to do what I wanted to do. You know, yeah. You know, he's a little frustrated there, yeah, but you could just tell. I just love that kind of fire. Like, all right, I'm going to get him next time. You know, and they had a couple of really good bouts over the years when he was with Boston and, and Dave was still in Philly. It was. um you know, and again, just just like now, and you know, Miller wasn't an overly huge guy, relied on a technical skill, you know, to win fights and everything like that. So it was great seeing the styles play off on those big, huge, monster, tough guys. Very interesting. Well, and the other thing, like you said, it, it, it's as you, I didn't re- now that you say it, I yeah, I see it now. Like when when Miller gets up and he's and he's kind of like fired up that, you know, there, there's been a lot of guys that fought Dave Brown. That couldn't get to the penalty box fast enough, and let's hope we don't make eye contact again, you know. And then, you know, not, and, and I don't blame him. But then here's a guy who's like, you know, right out of the gate. I mean, okay, yeah, he's a rookie and whatever, but it's like, you know, he he wanted it again, like as fast as he could get it, right? Yeah. And it was like you're right, and it's like right there that to me, if I was like coach or whatever, a GM, it'd be like, okay, that's our guy. You know, because it's like absolutely, yeah. And it's like I said, I've always said this on the on the sh- I've said this on the show numerous times. But like the whole win loss thing, I said that's like fan shit. You know, it's like 
when you're on a team and you're, you know, like I could imagine the Bruins bench when they saw Miller do that and just like go right at Brown right away. First period, you know, rookie, you know, and you go after big, bad Dave Brown and then you get up and you, you're like kind of fired up about it and you want more. It's, I mean, they had to be pretty fucking pumped with this guy. Oh yeah, I can imagine. And especially too, by 85, 86, Brown was kind of like the man. In a short amount of time, he had already kind of put himself up there. So, and a scary guy. I mean, you hear me? I call him the Terminator. You know what I mean? T twenty one for the Philadelphia Flyers, Dave Brown. Yeah, you know, he was he was legit six foot five softball term, Terminator. And like you said, anybody just showing up against him, you know, yeah. kind of gave you a, a boost in people's minds. You know, but but Jay Miller, it was like one of those things with when O'Reilly first broke in with the Bruins. You could tell he he wanted to be the police man. Miller wanted to be the man. He wanted to be the equalizer out there. And right away, I'm taking on Brown. You know, so that, that's right there, sending a message. And that's a, another, like you said, everyone loves loves Miller for that kind of thing. He would take him. He would take him on twenty times if he had to. No, exactly. And and like you said, with the with the Brown thing, I mean, you know, he had he had been there for a couple seasons, and yeah, like you said, it was kind of the NHL because Probert really hadn't got going yet. I mean, yeah, that was his rookie year. Yeah, and, and Brown had already been in for a couple seasons. Yeah, so Probert wasn't Probert just yet. He was getting there, but I yeah. would I would say at that moment, Brown it was sort of whatever it was sort of Brown's league at that time, you know, or he was the new age, yeah. like you said, the the new he he was the the new age tough guy, and then you know Probert obviously, you know, in the next couple seasons, kind of. You know, whatever would one A one B. We'll put it that. We'll say that with Brown. You're right, exactly. That's a good way of putting it. You know, um, you know, but but like you said, but you know, Miller never backed away from Probert either, right? And, no, you know, and, no, they had a couple of fights being in different different conferences. You know, like they could, you know, obviously they, they weren't in the same. They weren't seeing each other as much as Brown and Miller. You know, but you know, if they. If, if Prober played for Buffalo or something like that, they would have fought twelve times. No, no, exactly. And uh but yeah, just kinda of going through that like that eighty five um it's funny with that I actually got a DVD or maybe it's eighty six now that I think I'm saying it out loud, I think it's an eighty six, eighty seven Bruins DVD. But um Again, once you get a, a kind of a team DVD or a player DVD, you don't realize it until you get a concentrated DVD. Because most of the DVDs I always had VHS tapes, I guess, back then, or DVDs, but now, but were always assorted. So you never really got a feel, because right. it was all just all over the place, right? But uh, And I was right. always more of an assorted guy. I never wanted like player tapes or team DVDs. But as I've gotten more over the years, um, and you see sort of the... Con- so you can, especially a team DVD, because you can... And if it's done well and done right... You can see this stuff develop as the year goes on, throughout the throughout the tape, oh, yeah. right? And it was uh, yeah, it was, exactly yeah, and it was an eighty six, eighty seven Bruins DVD, and uh, I got damn Nevin Marquardt wasn't bad, I, and he fought a lot more than I thought he did. And I'm watching this DVD, and I'm like, this son of a bitch is on every second, third fight with that terrible helmet, <laughs> and it's like, <laughs> yeah, I know. I win well. Yeah, it was oh, well, it's just like, what are you doing, man? I, I never got that. Yeah, but, it, but you know what though? He was kind of like the Bruins always had like one of those like you know undersized pound for pound type fighters going on, and you know like 
over the years, they always had a guy like that, and, and Marquardt kind of was like that era's, you know, version of their pound for pound guy. You know, he wasn't like a, you know, a threat to take, you know, the middle white crown or anything like that, but he was a willing guy, and he would surprise the occasional tough guy, you know. He was actually wasn't too bad sometimes. No, exactly, and just going through this DV, it was, 80, yeah, it was 86, because Neely's on it. But, I mean, you had Neely, and then, you know, Reed Larson would show up every once in a while, and, you know, Milbury would stick his nose in there, and, you know, whatever. And I just hoping somebody, <laughs> yeah. I, I was just hoping every time somebody would drill him. But, uh, you know, but, <laughs> but at that point, buyers were still sort of up and down, you know. And, uh, yeah, speaking of which. But, yeah, it, it took him, it took him a few years, like, to really kind of, I don't think his first, like, real, Whole year was like eighty seven, eighty eight. I want to say, and he, yeah, you know, and it, it was kind of funny because he had some cameos prior to that. You know, he really didn't stick, you know, for too long. But you know, I always thought that was interesting because he was he that was sort of like his. You know, they, they drafted him, and then no one kind of came. You know, it's like all right, now they got two of them. But what a great uh, duo they were for a few years. Well, and I think, and that's the the big thing with Lyndon Byers, and I and I think uh, you know with his personality and everything as well. What I think people don't realize is how good Lyndon Byers was as a player, and I, and the sad thing is, is we uh, you never got to see it at the NHL level because he was always hurt and and I mean through his own stories he was a party guy and never kind of really gave a shit oh, yeah. and whatever. But if you go back and you talk to people when he played with the Regina Pats, I mean he played for Team Canada on the World Junior Team, like he had. 30, he had back-to-back 30-goal seasons. He was a power forward in the, in the WHL. He was a second-round pick. Like, I'm just looking, 58 games, 32 goals, 57 assists, 154 minutes, 23 playoff games that year, 35 points. I mean, the guy could wow. play. He was good. And like I said, he was on the World Junior Team, and it was like, yeah, he was a solid player. And you just never really saw that in the NHL. But like you said, his first full season, though, even with the Bruins, that 87-88, 53 games, he had ten goals, you know, and two hundred thirty-six. Yeah, funny. You don't, you don't even think of that. No, and I mean, he was a good player. Yeah, you and, just think of the fights and everything like that. Yeah, yeah, and he, he showed twenty-four points in fifty-three games, two hundred thirty-six minutes. I mean, he knew what he was there for, but it was like, oh yeah. But I mean, he um, he had skills, but he just kind of you know whatever partied his way out of the league. Basically, well, and he was injured a lot and. You know, and like, and some kind of some really shitty injuries for a fighter, like hands and shoulders, and you know, it's uh, yeah. yeah. I remember him trying to like fight through a broken hand too. It's like that'd be unheard of today, but he's trying to fight John Corder with a cast on. Like, you know, it's, it was funny, but the things guys would do back then, you know. But oh yeah, but um, yeah, LB was what a tough, what a tough guy. You know, he was a uh, perfect guy. I, it's funny, I. Can, he was a heavyweight to me, but I I never really thought of him as kind of like the number one guy. I no. thought he was just a perfect number two heavyweight. You know, he could take on he could take on some big names. But if you notice, it was always Miller taking on the Browns and Progress. Spires never really. It's weird. He never really kind of stepped. I mean, he did take on some tough guys. He dropped Cochran. I know Cochran was at the end of his career. You know and. Um, he did fight, you know, Larry Playfair, you know, and you know he, Kenny Baumgartner. So he took on some, you know, some some top some top guys. You know, I don't want to make it sound like he was spot picking or anything like that. I think Jay Miller was one of those guys. It was like sort of like I got Brown, you got whoever else. You know, I got I got Proby tonight. You can go take on Gallant. 
you know, yeah. or something like that. It was, you know, I don't, you know, I never liked to, these are some of the toughest men I've ever, I've ever known, you know, so I would never say that, oh, he was avoiding Probert or Brown or anything like that. I just think with Miller, it was like, that's my guy. No, I agree. Yeah, I think I always looked at Byers as a wingman kind of guy and, uh, you know, could do it if he Yeah, needed, like, you know. I think there was, I think there was a brief time where he was, you know, um, after Jay left uh, to L.A., where Byers was kind of the man in, in Boston briefly, and, you know, it was he was all right, you know, but I just never viewed him as a, kind of like the, the sole guy, like the number one guy that, you know, uh, he always seemed like, you know, a great complimentary enforcer. No, I agree. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, with, uh, with Miller, I was going to ask you, um, obviously being a local and stuff, and you briefly touched on it, but, um, you know, uh, when, when, when he came up in 85, um, I mean, I guess at that point you're still pretty young. So, you know, but, um, in your, I know you do a lot of research and stuff and a lot of reading. Um, did he come up with a lot of fanfare or was it just sort of like he showed up one day and it's like, fuck, we got Carl Rackey playing for us now. You know, who is this guy? No, to be honest with you, that's kind of like what it was. If if you look at if you look at I don't know if you're if you have a chance to look at like some of his stats, he he got drafted by the Nordiques. Yes, and then he went right into, uh, to the University of New Hampshire to play. And when he came back, he really didn't, he really didn't like play a lot when he came back before he, you know um, the Bruins picked him up. You know, so and then he spent that you know that the beginning parts of eighty five, eighty six with Moncton. And it's it's interesting too because prior to that, I don't really think he had a chance to really create much of a buzz about himself, so to speak. And I just heard that I remember like when he first came on, I just said, oh, "Yeah, this is a guy from, you know, from Natick. You know, he's he's a tough guy for the Bruins." Okay, you know, that was kind of like that was him taking on Brown, and now and that's when you first heard about him. You know, it wasn't like a huge, and at the time too, it wasn't like today. We were all over these guys from. You know, we can watch them all in the AHL now on YouTube, and then you, yeah, then you already true. know about them as they come in. Back then, it was a lot of word of mouth and what you got out of the Boston Herald or the Boston Globe, to, you know, for a scouting report on these guys. You know, that was pretty much that's pretty much all I knew about them. Yeah, well, and like you said, he really he really didn't even come out of the Bruins system. You know, like no, was, no, you know, he, he, he played sparingly. Uh, yeah. With like Fredericton uh, briefly, you know, and I, I yeah. don't really think he got much time. No, and then it's like he's in like the Atlantic Coast in the Mohawk Valley, and you know, and then the Muskegon Lumberjacks and the IHL, and you know, like I'm pretty sure, you know, like you said, there wasn't wasn't a lot of people watching uh, Muskegon games back then to uh, to give the lowdown on Jay Miller, but uh, yeah, it, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was gonna well, like I don't even is there any like even footage. Of him from back then, there's some Moncton footage. Yeah, there's some uh, Moncton footage out there. Yeah, um, I don't know about um, like the Mohawk Valley or anything like that. I'm not, you know, I don't know if there's any Fredericton footage. I'm not sure. Uh, I haven't stumbled across any, but definitely a couple Moncton fights. Yeah, I remember those, but it's like, um, but even that the Muskegon Lumberjacks in the eye in '84, '85. I'm like, I don't remember seeing any Miller. IHL stuff. I'm like, yeah. it's funny. You're gonna have me. You're gonna have me like digging through to see if I have something. Well, I was just like, <laughs> as we're talking, I'm, I'm just, you know, you start getting these flashes in your head. It's like, okay, have I seen any of this stuff? You know, it's like, you know, it, it's funny. Like when I'm going through hockey DB and just stuff like that, 
and you see guys and it's just like you 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 instantly start fly, okay is there a video of that is there a dvd of that ta- of that year you know so i start checking your yeah, list, can and I pull that you list and Zoltan's yeah i'm like is there footage yeah most of the time there isn't <laughs> but it's like i got to check steve's list i got to check zoltan's list they have fight tapes here yeah no 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 one's got that year okay never mind you know but uh yeah it's funny how everything instantly goes back to like the fight tapes you're right. Is there footage of him playing for the Lumberjacks? Maybe there is. Or, you know, it's funny, too. You go back and you you look at, like, an old Muskegon tape or DVD, and now that you know Miller's on it, or he could possibly be on it, you're looking for, like, you know, one of those, like, non-audio fights. Yeah. And it's, like, shot from afar, and you're hoping that you can tell Jay Miller's style. Yeah. you're like, oh, wait, that might be him. You know what I mean? Like, cause it, you, you've seen it. There's a lot of fights that are either in French. Or you get these fights that have like no no audio at all to them, or they got just all music overdubbed on it. And you're just you're trying to figure out who who's fighting. You have no list to go off, you know. But now you find out. Oh wait, uh, do you know fight that year? Oh, let me see. Is he is his old tail telltale in close style? You know, on display. You know, maybe I can ID yeah. him that way. Yeah. Well, what number was he? Oh, of course. That's the one year hockey DB doesn't have the numbers listed. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> you know. You're right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're gonna shoot from the far corner. Yeah. It's uh. Oh, yeah. There's. I. I have a million minor league tapes like that. That's just like, you know, fans head in the way or something. Like, oh oh yeah. Yeah. Or all of a sudden you get like the. Oh, I can't, what tape was it now? But it was one of those tapes that had no sound. And it was shot from kind of, you know, yeah, they certainly, or they, you know, they'd zoom in halfway through or whatever, but it was sort of, uh, you didn't really, know. and all of a sudden you get the, I don't know who I got the fight list from. Somebody, oh, I got a list for that tape. Really? Oh, okay. So they send it over. So I start reading the list. I'm like, son of a bitch, that guy played on that team? I'm like, oh, okay. Then you go back and you put the tape back in and now you're starting to, you know, you get the list out and you're looking at the list while the tape's playing and you're like, oh, son of a bitch, that is him. Okay, well, now I can see it, you know, and it's like, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, 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 yeah. you, know, you know, no matter how bad the announcers were, you miss them when they're not on that tape, I'll tell you that. Oh, you're right, yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Yeah, just, for, just, for, just for ID purposes. Yeah. I will listen. To, I will even listen to Sam Rosen at this point just to tell me who the hell is on my tape. Yeah, <laughs> you know, oh, you know, they got this guy out there again. They got Jody Wood out there again. You know, they really <laughs> need this John. Do they really need this John? Yo, know, I was watching a fight the other night, and uh, it was a preseason fight. And it's blue. It's somebody with the Rangers, and there's Rosen just crying. He doesn't understand why it's happening. Really, Sam? You don't know why they're fighting in the preseason. You have no idea. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. You don't understand. Is this necessary. Yeah. You don't know why Dean Ewan's running around trying to make a name for himself. You don't understand that. Okay. Okay, Sam. You know, it's like, oh, and this clown's in the Hall of Fame. Are you kidding me? God. <laughs> Awful. Don Cherry isn't in the Hall of Fame, but Sam Rosen is. Yeah, that's where we are as a JD society. JD would people. bring him back. Sometimes JD would like, you know. You know, hit him up with a little knowledge. You know, he knows how it is. He would he would bring Sam back sometimes. You know, like oh, well, he's trying to prove himself, Sam. You yeah. Know? Oh yeah, but doing this, oh, it's just necessary. <laughs> yeah, 
But everyone, everyone, yeah, oh, just listened to whine. Like, oh, it was brutal. <laughs> and I, I mean, I like Davidson, but even he'd get whiny sometimes too. I mean, he'd get a little homery. But overall, he was pretty. Oh, yeah, he, was, yeah. he was pretty good overall. But he'd start whining with Rosen sometimes. But uh, but I remember saying to uh, it was just a little while ago. I said to so Sam Rosen's in the Hockey Hall of Fame, and Don Cherry isn't. Uh, that's where we are, folks. Yeah. <laughs> yep. God, are you kidding? Yeah. Go around, I said, go around North America and say those two names. Who's going to be more well known? Yeah, I'll just leave oh it at that. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah. Most but, people be like, who? Sam who? Yeah, exactly. Like, uh, yeah, coach's corner, coach of the year, all that stuff. Nah, don't worry. Let's put Sam in. Okay. You know. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Yeah. But, uh, well, yeah, so uh, here we are, here, right? What did we say at the start of the show? We'll just start rambling and. Uh, where we're uh, oh we yeah walk down certain paths yeah yeah but like you said right out of the gate with uh with miller and and, and nylon um right there in, in december right the two fights in the one game oh yeah that was you know basically miller's like second game of the season uh that two fight game and um the, the first fight was you know was great it was you know good a good battle you know uh you know, not like an all-time barn burner or anything like that, but it really set the tone for the rivalry. And sadly enough, in the second fight, Nylon kind of mugs Miller. And, um, you know, you know, it was kind of like, you know, I mean, you, you don't want to see anything happen like that, you know, or, or anything like that. But, you know, again, the, the good thing about it, too, is, you know, my boy Karen was right in there. And um, I think he actually went up punching Jay Miller accidentally. If you watch the, the footage, it looks like he, he, he clobbers Miller accidentally trying to get at Nylon. Um, you know, but, yeah, and of course, you know, that little bit of a muck job, too, that helped spice up that rivalry and make it more of a feud. You know, you could you could tell Miller was pissed. It was going to be payback. So he was here to stay at that point, you know, and I think the fans loved him already. They were like, you know, who is this guy? No, exactly. And it's interesting, like you said in the article, you even brought it up, and it in you kind of look and it was, um, you just think, man, just the pressure and like just the mental strain that, that would take. Cause like you said, he's getting spot shifts at the start or spot, you know, he's not playing every game. The games he does play, it's like, okay, we'll dress you against Philly. Oh, Montreal's coming. So, you know, we need you for that. You know, well, we got Buffalo coming up. We'll throw you in there too, you know, but we won't play against these guys. You know, it's just like, I couldn't imagine. And I think that gets so overlooked when you talk about the role. Um, it's just, just in general with the enforcer role. And I know having guys on the show and talking about it and everything and, um, uh, just the mental toll that, that, that the role would take on a guy. Unbelievable. Oh yeah, you're right. I don't, you know, knowing it's like that, um, like that Tony Twist saying, I, you know, if you, you know, every day you're going to be taking on that that you know the toughest kid in town. Yeah. At three o'clock, you know, it's one of those kinds of things, and you know, it's funny because we talk about some of those old classical era guys, like like Clark Gillies, like is an example, you know, or even the guy like Larry Playfair. You know, these are big, heavy punchers who could put heads to bed and everything like that, but. I, they weren't really like wired to be like fighting and hurting people like all the time. You know, it's kind of, it's interesting. You needed a sort of a certain mindset 
you know, of a person, you know, to kind of play that role, you know, there's, you know, almost like, you know, um, you weren't afraid to go over that line and, and, you know, let the chips fall where they may. Whereas some people, they didn't want to do that. They didn't want to be that guy all the time. I think that's one of the reasons why Gilly's kind of slowed down. I don't think he wanted to be the go, you know, the, the enforcer, you know, or anything like that. And I think even Playfair, um, I think he, he fought somebody at the end of his career and he wound up, you know, uh, hurting him real bad. And it was just like, you know, I just can't, you know, it was, you start having second thoughts, you know. And, but I think guys like Jay Miller, you know, he sort of has that right mentality where he's, you know, this is what's going to keep him in the league. And so he's going to go at it every night and take on the toughest guy. And, you know, but you're right. You know, just thinking about it, lying, lying awake at night, thinking about, you know, I got to take on Dave Brown tomorrow. You know, that's, that's not easy. No, and it would be so hard, like, especially early on when you're basically getting, like, spot duty because you're not even getting into a rhythm, right? And it's just like, I don't know, you, I mean, there's no denying what you're there for at that point. Like, what there, it's not like, oh, you play, oh, we're playing you every game, we'll give you a regular shift, and hey, if it happens, Jay, it happens, you know? It's like, no, we're yeah. not even playing you these couple games, but oh, yeah, we're playing you now. And I'm sure he probably didn't get a lot of ice time. And it was just yeah. against it's those funny. guys. It's funny if you listen to if you like go through the, the article and you read some of the like listen to the clips and watch the video. Like you'll hear Fred Pusick make make mention like I haven't seen Jay out there yet. Oh, Nylon's out there. Oh, there's Jay. Like you know he hasn't showed up until now. He got on the ice. You know it's one of those things. You know so it's like like you're right. He probably wasn't getting a ton of ice time either even when he was playing. You know he's just kind of you know and I don't think Jay was the most gifted of, of, you know, athletes or, or talents, you know, I think I make mention he did have like a, a two blue game, you know, during the season. And, you know, he was kind of like one of those guys that would, you know, battle in front of the net and try to, you know, score, you know, a real, one of those real dirty goals, you know, where you have to really battle for it. You know, he was one of those guys. He wasn't like a, a gifted player. And like you said, he knew, he knew what he was there for, you know, it was sort of like that role. And it was really kind of, during the mid '80s, it was really kind of coming into prominence, wasn't it? Yeah. You had these guys that were coming in. It was kind of like there was, you know, like in Quebec, they had Gord Donnelly, you know, uh, Harford. The following year, they brought in uh, Shane Sherla. You know, these guys were sort of like sort of bred to be that sort of pure designated hitter enforcer type guys. You started seeing more and more of them come into the league right around the mid '80s. Yep. Well, yeah, the role definitely started getting pigeonholed, right? And it was just like you're here yeah. for four or five shifts, and uh, that's the way it's going to be. You know, up until then, like even when you talk about the Bruins, you know, you talk like with John, Jonathan and Winsick and Secord and all. Well, not Secord. I mean, Secord was a big scorer, but I mean, with Jonathan and Winsick and them, they had twenty goal years. So it wasn't like they were yeah. just fucking clowns with getting three shifts a game. Like, yeah, you know, it's funny because Cherry actually talked about that over the years. You know, he was like, you can't just treat these guys like caged animals and let them out just to fight and then send them back in. He's like, you've got to reward them with ice time. Let them play. You know, even if it's the last four minutes of the freaking garbage game, you're winning six to one, send them out there. Let them play. You know, let them do their thing. Let them get out there on the ice. And his talk of, he spoke about all the work he did with John Wensink, working on his positioning in front of the net, you know, and making him a better overall player, you know, and. And then he even got worried about John Wentz becoming too good of a player for a short time there. You know, he was getting a little worried about him becoming a rusher. Yeah. You know, so it was it was funny. But, he, but I always thought that we always mentioned, like, you know, 
coaches who were great for tough guys, and Cherry was one of them because he wasn't one of those, you know, getting your cage in and out of your cage kind of coaches. He was one of those, you know, hey, that was a great fight. Yeah, and you know what? You're, I'm putting you on the second line tonight. You know, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna give you more ice time. You would reward them, work with them, and then you had those other coaches who treated them like animals, like they were dogs. Like you know, you know, just let me let them off the leash every once in a while and then right back in the cage. Yeah, yeah, and it would, it'd be, that'd be so hard that uh, I couldn't imagine. You know, and uh, you know, like you know, they yeah, at that point, you know, everyone knows their role, but at the end of the day, you know, they, they want to play a little bit too. I mean, everybody wants to play. You know, you can't just yeah. be designated meatball all the time. So it's like, yeah, like you said, in the in the blowout games or whatever, yeah, they're out there trying to get, you know, the pressure's off a little bit, right? And they're just out there trying to score and play hockey, right? And, uh, you know, God damn, I do sound like Sam Rosen all of a sudden when I said that. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> <laughs> You sounded a little like Derek Sanderson, too. Jamie just wants to play hockey. Well, yeah, there you go. I was going to say, <laughs> you know, going back to the footage, we, it's funny when I talk to you, it always goes back to footage for some reason. But, uh, dude, watch, not well, like we said with the Rangers tapes, watching some of the Bruins tape, like I was watching that Bruins DVD, that, that it's so hard to listen to. It's so hard. <laughs> I just want to kill yeah, Sanderson. No, it was, oh, awful. Yeah, it's funny because you had the. the it, I always thought it was like just an odd couple pairing. You had the very venerable, you know, voice of the Boston Bruins, Fred Cusick, and then you had Derek. Yeah. <laughs> oh. It was just like, oh my god. It, it, the funny thing was when there would be like a a play or a fight or something like that, and Derek was being all a homer. And Fred Cusick and Dave Shea would actually kind of argue with him a little bit about it. Like, well, well what do you mean? He didn't even win the single switch, Derek. You know, they kind of went back and forth. You know, it was, it was funny. But that, that's what he was there for, to be the Jack Edwards of his day. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, and, and like I said, with, uh, if you were a Bruins fan, it was great, right? Like, oh, these are great tapes, you know, but when you're – an outsider listening to it, it's like, oh my god, you know, it's just it's just painful to listen to, you know. It's a, uh, but yeah, there was uh, like, I mean, I get you know, home team rah rah, but I mean, holy shit, there's to a point, man. Come on, you know, dial it down a little bit. Yeah, even as a fan, I thought it was cool. Yeah, but uh, in the same, I would say the same thing for like. Jack Edwards, like, you know, in the last few years before I kind of stopped watching hockey, you know, I was, I used to hear him during a fight. I'd be like, oh, dude, he's just brutal sometimes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Some of the things he would say, like, oh, come on, you know. But well, that uh, was... I guess that's one of those. That's how I crossed the bear as Bruins fans, you know, uh, Sanderson and Edwards. Well, but it's almost like it, it. it's like a parody. Like, it was just like a skit. Like there's no one like you can't you can't be serious with this shit right like you got to be fucking around like I'm, I'm kind of waiting to ah, I'm just messing with you you're waiting for that to happen but it never does you know it's like no this guy's really serious about this right now like, all right you know I don't know yeah I think it's funny too because even as a, an, an announcer I think I still think Derek you know is bleeding black and gold even you know and he's like you know what the Bruins could do no wrong I don't care <laughs> oh exactly yeah yeah yeah. But, uh, yeah, it's funny just kind of going through Miller's fight card. I, I was looking, again, a name that comes up is this fight with Dykstra. Um, I was, I was going, is that, 
did a fight from his rookie year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And it was, but I was just going through. There was a, I had a mixed again a mixtape. I was watching it a while back, and there's a bunch of Dystra stuff on there. Damn, that dude wasn't bad, man. Like at least some of the fights I was watching. Yeah, he he really didn't get like a, a lot of like exposure. I remember there was a a, a poster on uh, HockeyFights.com who used to, I want to say it was um, Battleship Twenty Four. We used to kind of t- mention Steve Dyson. Like, what? He's kind of the guy that wrecked a beat up, you know, and all that, you know. But when you go back and you catch little bits of footage here and there, because there's not a ton on him. No, you know. But when you go back and you see something, like, oh, you know, yeah, he actually was all right. You know, he wasn't too bad. You know. Another guy you noticed too, I think his name was Paul Sear. Yep. Who I, I remember early in his career had a couple of scrums. Like, wow, this this dude's actually not too bad, you know. But then you know, I really didn't see too much of him, you know, after that. Like every so often, you'll catch a guy that was briefly not bad, you know. You were kind of surprised, you know. But but yeah, Dyson might be one of those guys. I was unfortunately, whenever I get one of these projects going, I always, you know, look at what the footage I have, you know, of you know what I have in my collection. And I've, I've actually wound up being short a few of the fights. So I actually started reaching out. And the, the funny thing is, is um, I wound up landing some a uh, Jay Miller fight against Gord Donnelly, his very first fight with Donnelly from the season in 85-86. I had never actually seen it before. And I actually reached out. and I'm like, oh, wow, it's a surprise. It's not generally available. I had it on none of my none of my Miller DVDs or anything like that. Um, none of my Bruins DVDs or the Quebec ones. So I was like, well, maybe it's just not available. But sure enough, somebody actually sent me the footage, and um, that that fight, the footage is pretty grainy. But that's the first fight between Miller and Donnelly. I don't think it's really like a, a um, you know, a common fight that you'll find out, out there. So I was actually pretty psyched to get a hold of it. Um, that was William Chippeway over at Facebook. He, he uh, actually uh, sent me the link to the fight. So that was, you know, kind of kudos to him for that one. And uh, that's another part of this. You know, the reason why I love these little projects is it kind of help makes you force you to look for footage, and sometimes you don't have it. And you, know, you ask around, maybe you come across something like that. I don't know if you remember, but in the um, the top twenty-five all-time project I did uh, on the Sandy McCarthy section, it had his that second fight with Bob Prober. There was another one that wasn't really commonly available. Only the uh, highlight news clip was available of that fight, but that was a full fight. You know, yeah. and uh, so that was. Another one of the things that I really um, love about this is sometimes you can find some of those old, you know, maybe not rare fights or, or anything like that, but they're kind of low-key, floating on the radar kind of fights that not a lot of people have seen. You know, so it makes these projects a little bit more worthwhile. Oh, absolutely. And, uh, yeah, that's, that's rare, right? Because it's in Boston. I'm surprised that, like, it's just the footage isn't there. That's or more I've, of it, I've, Yeah, readily available, I guess. Boston's always yeah, sort of been kind of a hot spot for 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 footage, anyway. Yeah, I never I never came across that, and it's funny when you watch the fight; it's it's easy. A lot of those Miller Donnelly fights break down the same way, you know, very kind of enclosed, rapid fire. So it's hard to sometimes distinguish which fight is which. I always thought the first fight between Miller and Donnelly was the actual second one that's on the on his card, which was a two-fight game. He fought Jimmy Mann, and then he fought Donnelly in that game. I thought that that was the original first fight between them, but lo and behold, you know, this this footage shows up. So it's it's pretty neat. That's one of the big reasons why I keep doing these. No, what, what do you... Yeah, it's a, well, absolutely. Um, just to go 
Gord Donnelly. What do you think of Gord Donnelly? I, I love Donnelly, uh, especially in Quebec. Um, yeah. He's, like, I mean, just a rapid-fire southpaw. He had this little little bit of a technique. He wasn't just, like, a stand there and, and slug it out. He kind of would he would throw, but he would also kind of step back and sort of duck a little bit and throw your rhythm off. But, but he was it was all very fast-paced, and he had some really good swing-outs during his time. And I think, briefly, you could argue uh, Donnelly was a top-ten fighter and probably throw 87, 88, you know, with Quebec, he was really tough guy. Even in, when he went to, you know, Buffalo, he was still a tough guy. Just, when I think of like a gunslinger, I think of a guy like Donnelly, he was one of those guys that was just, you know, willing to just throw down, you know, but I really liked Donnelly. No, absolutely. Um, yeah, that, there was another guy I got, um, had some, there was a, just going through Quebec stuff and, and some, some uh, late eighties uh, Winnipeg. And uh, and it was interesting because we were talking about stuff with no sound. A bunch of this Winnipeg stuff didn't have any sound, but uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, it was really clear at that point in the late '80s. You could tell it was, and it's NHL, right? So it's not like it's shot from the rafters. Yeah. It's you know, so you could obviously you, know, right, it was, yeah. you knew it was Donnelly, but it was uh, I, it was it was always weird with Gord for me anyway. Um, just he's just one of those guys. I think people just don't talk about. And all of a sudden you start watching and it's like, God damn, like, you know, this guy was pretty good, you know, and it was, uh, you know, maybe it's cause back in, you know, in the eighties he was in Quebec and then Winnipeg and, you know, you, you know, not a lot of, uh, national. Oh, yeah. If he was in, if, if he was in Philly, he'd be a God. <laughs> well, well, that's what I mean. I love right? that saying. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I mean, pretty much. I mean, you know, if he had more national exposure, right. But I mean, you're in Quebec, so it's French. You know, and then, yeah, you know, and then you're in Winnipeg, which, fuck, people in Winnipeg That's don't want to be, people from Winnipeg don't want to be in Winnipeg, <laughs> right? So, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, so you're kind of lost there, you know, and then he goes to Buffalo, and, you know, at that point, you know, he's there for a couple of years, but he was on that one, that one year when, you know, you got May and Ray and Donnelly and Barnaby, and it's, it's just a psycho show in Buffalo, yeah, he, he he helped spice up a little bit of the, the Boston uh, Buffalo rivalry there in the very very late eighties. Um, you know, it's funny too because he was one of those guys that went over to the IHL. Yeah, yep. um, I think he went up with uh, Chicago briefly uh, over there, and uh, I just remember you know I, when I started like looking up more minor league footage and this you know this is before like drop your gloves or hockey DB like I did you know you're like oh my god he played in the IHL. Like check him, you know, you, you don't realize these kinds of things. You know, it's kind of like kind of a surprise. But the IHO kind of extended the lifeline for a lot of those enforcers at that time. You know, uh, well, you that, guys are having some issues. Yeah, well, and then like you know, he's in Houston that one year. Like I'm just looking at yeah, 333 minutes with the Houston Arrows in '95. You know, so it's like yeah, it, you know, he found the fountain of youth there for one year anyway, and it was just like <laughs> he's just going off because I can remember I was. You know, for a while there, like, uh, that mid-90s IHL, there was a lot of footage out there. Because they had got the satellite deal right. and stuff, so there's lots of, uh, you know, I don't want to say every team, but, I mean, there was a lot of mixed IHL DVDs going around at that in the mid-90s time. And I have a bunch of them, but um, I can remember when I first got them, and you start, and you're watching it, because, oh, IHL, this is going to be great. You put it in, and it's like... Donald Gord Donnelly, you're kind of like I, I remember mm. that guy from the '80s, you know, and it's like, yeah. but because you always kind of view, yeah, I, what? yeah, well, you just kind of look at him as like an eight, 
yeah, it's like an 80s guy, right? This is like 1995, but yeah, he could still go for sure. But it, it's just funny, you, you bring up Donnelly and it's just, uh, I think he sort of just gets forgotten about. He does. He had some, you know, really good, I love his style too, because he's a very offensive style fighter. Like he was, you know, really willing to swing out with you. And um, he had a couple of uh, really good toe-to-toe fights with John Cordick when, you know, Cordick was one of those guys that didn't lose very often. And I, I, you know, Donnelly looked like he edged him out. One of them was just a little bit faster than him in that fight. Yeah. Um, and then there was that great slugfest with Craig Baruby. Um, yep. I don't know if you've, if you've had a chance to see that. I, I'm not sure if that was from the 86, 87 season, but oh, what a, what a swing out that was. Um, just seeing those two guys going rapid fire, righty against lefty, which is all, always a treat. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Donnelly and, uh, Baruby and, uh, yeah, no, it was like yeah, I said, it, no, go ahead. Yeah, no, I was just going to say, uh, you know, that it, it, we don't really think about it too much, you know, because it probably didn't have the standout brawls of like, you know, the Miller Cordic or the Miller Brown series, but Miller and Donnelly fought each other a ton. Yeah. You know, just, just in a, a short amount of time. And, you know, I'll say that much about Miller. He was, you know, not shy about going after the guy's big gun over and over and over again. It didn't matter who it was, big or small, you know, so it, it didn't surprise me. You know, they didn't really seem to have like a, you know, they, you could feel there was some hatred in, uh, you know, the Miller Nyland fights and even the Cordic fights, you know, and, uh, you, there was, you know, some definitely some, some, some heat to the Brown battles, you know, but I never really got that with the Donnelly fights, you know, so, you know, so much, you know, I don't know if they were familiar with each other from, you know, the AHL or anything like that, but, but, um, but yeah, they had a pretty long rivalry and these, these are the first early fights of that rivalry. No, absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, well, a, a name you brought up in, in his rookie year, um, and and to be completely, I mean, I, I know who he is and everything else, but I don't, I don't know much about him as Jimmy Mann, and I know other than um, you know he was a high pick and stuff, but I mean, in terms of my Jimmy Mann uh, knowledge, it's it, it's very limited. Um, what are your feelings on Jimmy Mann? Well, Jimmy Mann was, you know, he's. Uh, John Ferguson's number one pick, you know, the Jets' first pick yep. in the NHL. Um, and I think Ferguson thought he would be like kind of like him, like, you know, score a lot, fight a lot. But, you know, he, he did a lot of fighting, you know, the scoring, it just wasn't there, you know. But he was he was a little bit different, too, because, you know, he was – he could be very cheap. Um, you know, he, he, there was, the you know, the famous Gardner incident, you know, where he broke, you know, kind of blindside, broke this guy's jaw, you know, and – you know, they, he had a lot of he had a, a kind of a style where he would try to kind of get the jump on you. You know, he was a lefty, you know, as well. Um, you know, there's not a lot of footage from his early years, but he actually you know wound up uh, breaking Playfair's nose in a fight. And I think the style with Jimmy Mann was he was a southpaw, and if he you know squared off with him, he would try to go for the big shot right away. You know, the big power punch. You know, uh, you know, big lefts or a couple series of lefts, and then go to you know wrestling you know, immediately after that was sort of like his style, but there's just not a lot of footage from that. That first year or two, we kind of exploded into the fight scene at first, you know, he seemed to be fighting everybody. And of course, he, you know, he, he had the fight with Playfair. They sort of made a lot of people aware of him, you know, a Playfair would eventually get him back. Um, you know, but for a few years with Winnipeg, he was sort of a, a legit fighter, you know, but there was also that real, 
I don't know, like sort of like a mugging quality to his style of fighting. And in that first fight with Jay Miller, and, um, you know, this is obviously after his time in, Quebec, uh, in Winnipeg, you know, he's now playing with, with Quebec, and he would still fight, but I don't think he was really the sort of go-to heavyweight like he was in Winnipeg. Um, but his style, you could see, you know, sort of turns and, you know, tries to jump Miller, and uh, Miller sort of turns the tables on him in that fight, you know. But, yeah, he had a, a few few decent years as a fighter in Winnipeg early in his career, and then he sort of faded after that because, you know, he did a lot of the cheap stuff, like I mentioned, you know, and, uh, you know, just over time he became, you know, less of a force, so to speak, as like a top fighter in the league. He was still a willing guy, but, you know, after those first couple of years in Winnipeg, he was, you know, really didn't really have the reputation, you know, that he had early on. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I'm just looking at his DB, and it's like, you know, he obviously had a lot of injuries because it's like, you know, 37 games, 40 games, 22 games, 25 games, 35 games. Like, really, the only full season he played was that rookie year with Winnipeg, 72 games, 287 yeah. minutes. I mean, other than that, it's like half seasons, quarter seasons. So, I mean, you know, and not a lot of penalty minutes, you know. Um, yeah, some suspensions in there, too, I'm sure. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah. You got hammered a couple times with suspensions, but I mean, you're right. I don't think, and I don't think he actually, you know, um, blossomed into the kind of player that they thought he was going to become. You know, with such a high draft pick and everything like that. Uh, so it kind of, you know, you kind of get that negative press for that too. You know what I mean? And, yeah. Well, I was the thing in junior. Uh, yeah, back to back eighty point seasons. So I mean, you know, he has he has the skill in juniors for sure. You know, in 270 minutes, 260 minutes, you know, so, you know, definitely a power forward and junior. So, I mean, with those numbers, I could see the draft, like, why he went in the first round. But, uh, you know, yeah, obviously never blossomed scoring-wise. But, uh, yeah. But, yeah, it was interesting because, um, yeah, I watched the video there of him kind of getting the jump on Miller and stuff. And it was, and uh, and you had mentioned in the article how it's sort of like, you know, Oh, typical Jimmy, you know, kind of thing. And it's like, yeah, that was kind of, yeah, there was always something with him. And I thought that there's certain guys that, you know, I'm, and that's a good, I guess the good thing about hockey fighting is there's all, you know, different styles and techniques. It's not just two wild men throwing wildly, you know, it's, you know, a lot of times there's a sort of purpose to what some of these guys are doing. Certain guys, as we have seen because of the rules, you know, they were able to kind of get the jump in fights and you're able to sort of kind of get that muggy head start you know some of the more famous practitioners would be guys like dave brown or wendell clark you know but those guys had much more substance i thought than than jimmy man you know jimmy seemed to kind of go for a, a like the opportunistic you know quick you know power shot you know and try to do you away quickly or you know something like that or just flat out kind of get the jump on you you know like that seemed to be kind of his style and by the time he was playing with the Quebec, he had really slowed down, and you know his fights were sort of like lacking in like quality. They weren't, you know, big barn burners. So you kind of forget about him when he went to Quebec. Yeah, yeah. No, it was just an interesting name coming up, and uh, yeah, I hadn't, uh, and I had realized after re- reading the article, it's like, yeah, I mean, I haven't really, you know, I've never sought out to see his footage or you know or anything like that, but. I remember just the the brief stuff I have seen. It was just you know, eh, you know, really wasn't much there. And it was just kind of kind of interesting to read your thoughts on it. But um, 
one guy I'm a big fan of that that Jay had the actually had a very you know the fight was good up until uh, the end when he kind of got obviously dropped him a little bit was Craig Cox. I love Craig Cox. He's like one of my favorite guys. I mean, just all or nothing, you know, just give her shit. And I mean, you know, took some lumpings, but whatever. He was always around. He was always in it. But uh, it was interesting. Um, the video that you put up of the of the Cox fight. I have that same fight on my on my YouTube channel, but I have it just right off the draw. You know where Cox drops his stuff oh, okay. before they drop. That's the only I I'd only seen it from then. You put the whole thing on when there was the scrum. Nobody gets penalties. They all stay out on the ice and, and the whole build-up. I'd never seen that part before. Yeah, you could see that Cox was sort of chomping at the bit in that game. And, uh, you know, that was, you know, it's funny because earlier in the year he had that war with Probert, you know, and I think yep. it, he had this sort of reputation as kind of like a, you know, like a wild gunslinger, you know, like here, here he is, like he's a California kid, yep. you know, uh, rolling through town and, you could see that he was like, sort of like looking for something, and um, I. It's funny. I always, it's I always love the the sort of matchups you get with certain fighters, and and like with Jay Miller taking on Craig Cox, you literally had a, a sort of like a polished, technical style, in close type of fighter like uh, Jay Miller against a you know wide open you know all out brawler like Craig Cox, who like to just sort of stand back and fire away. And it's interesting seeing Miller sort of impose his style on Cox in that fight because, you know, against Miller, you weren't going to get that sort of at arm's length, you know, swing out. It just no. it just never really happened with him. He always sort of would kind of creep up sort of in tight, not hugging, but he was always very much, you know, sort of in, in your face, in, like in your chest, and you'd have that hold in the back of your collar, you know, he, that's how he liked to fight kind of in tight and, he liked his exchanges sort of in tight where he can manage them. He didn't have, he didn't, you know, like the Probert or Cox, you know, stand back and just brawl. Um, so it was interesting seeing, you know, basically Cox struggle with, with Miller, you know, with that sort of in close quarters fighting. And then, you know, Miller, you know, nails him with a good shot at the end. Yep. Yep. No, absolutely. And it was, uh, yeah, like I said, it, it was, it was interesting to see the, the whole the whole video and how it all developed and uh, yeah it was uh... but I agree with you too I, I loved Cox he was one of those guys that like my earliest like uh, fight footage you know was of these old grainy tapes and seeing you know uh, Vancouver footage with you know no audio and just you know Craig Cox brawling out with guys and you know it was you know even even at that age I, I knew I was aware of, of you know. Craig Cox and kind of who he was and what he was about. And he was still very young in his, his career at that time too. Yeah. Um, but very interesting uh, mashup of styles. Yeah, no. And it, yeah, it was interesting. And it, with Cox and of course, you know, comes to you know, basically became famous because of the Probert fight and being on Rock'em Sock'em and Don Cherry talking about him on Coach's Corner and, you know, being on the videotapes. I mean, you know, Craig Cox, you know, but, um, uh, Later on, as he as he got into the, you know, the fight tape hobby and stuff, um, you know, the Cox footage from the American League with the Express shows up, and he had those great fights with Bennett Wolf. Oh yeah, yeah. And who's and Bennett Wolf's another one of those guys too. You know, much bigger guy, but another guy that just like to sort of stand back and and just fire kind of savagely, you know, in in a fight, which is 
more kind of in line with what Cox likes to do. He likes to just sort of swing it out. And um, he might be the most reckless fighter I've ever come across. He would, like, lose his grip completely in a fight while swinging away. You know, and still, still, you know, still try to slug it out. Like, you know, there's something else. Boy, the ball's on that guy. Oh, yeah. And there was no, like, oh, I lost my grip. Okay, time to bail. Like, that shit wasn't happening. No. It was like, I'm just going to keep coming <laughs> and, you know, whatever. And, I mean, that's the thing. You watch some of the Cox fights that are out there. And I, I think people that, on the surface, are kind of like, oh, he's kind of a punching bag. It's like, mm, you know, not, you know, his style would, would sort of lend to that. I don't ever want to call him that because it's so disrespectful, but it's like, but yeah, it, no, he was, I, I never looked at him like that. He had a very high risk, high reward style. There was, yes. You know, there was a lot of guys that were like that. Yeah. And I mean, it was just, it was wide open and you know, whatever and give her shit. Right. But I mean, Oh yeah. I always tell everybody, you put a Craig Cox DVD and you'll be fucking entertained for an hour without a doubt. He was awesome. Oh yeah. You're right, the, absolutely. Uh, just like a, a warrior. Oh, and there and there's that great stuff on YouTube where someone's interviewing him later on in life, and he's sitting in the in his office at the rink, leaning back in his chair, and they're 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 like three or four minute clips of him talking about Coaster, the you know uh, Bennett Dave Wolf Brown fight, yeah, the Brown fight. You're it's, right, yeah. And I'm like, God, who? Like, I always wanted to get a hold of the guy and like put the whole. Can you put the whole interview up? Don't just chop it up into a couple. Yeah. Of, I'm like, put the whole interview. He was over HockeyFights.com. I forget. I forget exactly who that guy, who that was at the time. But I remember when it first came out, and I was like, oh wow, that's awesome because you know this this person I didn't really realize was into that kind of thing. Like you know, uh, but you know, like you said, it wasn't the full the full interview like you wanted. It was just sort of like sections of it. Um, you know, but uh, but still cool nonetheless. Oh yeah, it was great, and it was. But it was. It's funny because it was so. Like that was like pre-podcasting days, like that video, right? Like so to get like an right. old timer guy talking about like all the fights we watched on video, to hear him, like it's one thing. Oh, I ran into so and so at the at the you know at the fucking McDonald's one day, and I asked him, "Hey, back in the day when you fought Cochran, and he, this is what he said, you know, you'd have those kind of stories." <laughs> yeah. But I mean, this was the first time like that I can remember anyway, like on video. Like where it was a fan doing it. It wasn't just staged TSN or ESPN interview where they talk about your, hey, so back when you played, but, you know, Bob Costas wasn't going to start asking him about Bennett Wolf, right? You know what I mean? So it was like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. It was like the first kind of fan interview, like a fight fan interviewing him. And it was like, and it was so cool. And I'm like, I, I actually, as I'm saying is now, it's like, I, I know he runs a rink in Minnesota somewhere. I'm like son of a bitch. Now that I'm thinking about it, I'm like I should try to get a hold of the, try to get a hold of him, see if he want to come on the podcast. He'd be a great guest. Oh my god, yeah, the stories he must have. Oh my goodness. Oh yeah, and like just even if they're like half, half as good as that videotape, right? I'd love to take a deep dive, you know, because he's like come up from California, played the Ontario Hockey League in the early '80s, and just be fighting everybody, and then oh yeah, I think he'd, he'd oh, be that gunslinging. <laughs> Oh yeah, he'd be a great interview. But um, yeah, just kind of going on with the the who are we talking about again? Oh yeah, Jay Miller. Um, yeah, the uh, <laughs> so uh, kind of as the season goes on and, and wraps up, like you said, you get you know he kind of 
gets involved with Nyland, then it's Cordic and I mean, how many times did he fight Cordic? What was the final total on oh that? God. Is it eight? Oh, I think something like that, yeah, or six or something like that. It's it's that was a great series, even though Cordic sort of had the edge in that whole series, but but yes, um, he, he kind of like went from the Nyland rivalry right to, right to like a Cordic rivalry, and that's what I loved about Miller. Was, even when McGuire went over to Buffalo, Kevin McGuire, I mean, he, he must have fought him like, you know, eight times in two seasons. It was, you know, you know, he, he really got himself involved in those rivalries. That's what I love about Moore. You know, it's like, you know, he was like fighting for us. You know, you couldn't, he, he wore that sweater with that extra little bit of pride, you know, being a local lad himself, you know. So, you know, those rivalries are all the more intense because of yeah, just kind of with Miller, it's like, so he plays the five, the four or five years in Boston, then he goes to L.A., and uh, like, what happened? Like, all of a sudden, he's just gone out of the league. Like, he had the, like, he played how many games, 60-some games, had 270, like, he was active, and then I heard he got some virus, they didn't know what it was, and he was losing weight, and then all of a sudden, he was just gone out of hockey. I, I never did follow up. Do you know why he retired? I don't know if, if it was specifically why, but I thought I read that he had Lyme disease, and uh, he wound up losing like a ton of weight, you know, because of it. And uh, he tried to give it one more go. I believe he played like the preseason. Maybe I'm gonna guess. I don't have drop your gloves anymore, but I'm gonna say it was like maybe the '92, '93 season. I think he fought Jay Wells in the preseason, and that was kind of like it for him after that. I don't think you know maybe he realized he just couldn't do it no more or. You know, he didn't have the strength anymore. I'm not really sure, but I've never really got nailed down why, you know, that was the, the end for him. But you're right. He did kind of go in. It's funny. Out in Boston, he was the top dog. You know, I mean, even though they had guys like Lyndon Byers around that, you know, that could help out. And they even brought in Bruce Shoebottom briefly to help out and everything like that. But, you know, he was sort of the number one guy over in L.A. You know, he was sort of playing second fiddle to Marty McSorley. Um, and he was, he was the guy riding shotgun at that point out in LA, you know, and I always thought that, you know, sort of not being in, in Boston anymore and maybe fighting with that extra bit, bit of passion, you know, for the sweater. And it was a sort of different scene for him out in LA, you know, so that was sort of, you know, when we used to break down our little top 10 list, you know, when he, when he was in Boston, he was a top 10 fighter, you know, but out in LA, he, he faded right out. Yeah, like it's um, like he was still active, um, but he it was, was yeah, but it was just yeah. No, you're right. There was sort of a, now that it, as you're saying that, I'm I'm thinking of the footage. Yeah, he, he seemed to be more. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. I mean, because he'd still fight in L.A. and everything, but there was something about him in Boston. Yeah, he was more of a. He was, he, yeah, in Boston, he was he was he was the number one guy, but out in LA, it was like he was taking on Ronnie Stern three or four times in a season, as opposed to taking on Tim Hunter three or four times, or you know somebody like that. Like you know, he was sort of Marty was the guy taking on the big guns out there, you know, so to speak, and 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 Jay was sort of like, all right, well, I'll get Ronnie Stern, you know, if if you're going to take on their, their top heavyweight, you know, and it's kind of weird seeing him in that position. You know, although he still had some great fights. I don't know if you remember um, him taking on a young Darren Kimball uh, when he was yep. with L.A., and that was a great fight. What a, yep. what a toe-to-toe battle. And usually, it's funny because Jay usually didn't get sucked into a lot of those style of fights. Like, he would exchange with you, 
when he felt like he could, you know he can get away with it. But in general, he was he was taking that whole rapid fire style away from you, you know, with a lot of that inside grappling and everything like that. But very good fight seeing him exchange like that. That was a good one. It was. Well, that's what you mentioned the, the guy's name before, but that similar fight happened with McGuire too. It was a rare kind of for Miller. It was a rare kind of. <laughs> Yeah, I believe I, I know the fight you're talking about too. A playoff fight after McGuire clothesline Jay Miller. Yeah. Now they dropped the gloves and they uh, they came together. It was a really good toe to toe, you know, slugout. Right, you know, both of them just eating punches simultaneously. And like, like you said, Miller usually didn't really he would do that in like little exchanges, uh, but he might have been a little extra pissed off that night. No, absolutely. Yeah, and like you said, it was it it was rare and. Yeah, to go back, I think in Boston, he always seemed, um, he seemed more angry in Boston than he did in L.A., if that makes any yeah, sense. Yeah, I really think he fed off the crowd, like, you know, like, especially in home, home games and everything like that, like, he, I think he, I'm telling you, like, he felt something a little bit more, you know, playing in Boston. You can just see it in those long, drawn-out battles with John Cordick. You can see him digging deep for that something extra. Yeah. You didn't really see that so much in L.A., you know, maybe it was just, you know, where it was sort of away from the East Coast and maybe, you know, all eyes weren't, you know, on that those like really pumped up rivalries like they had in Montreal and Buffalo at the time, you know. Maybe it was a little bit more relaxed. I mean, I'm, I can't really say, but, you know, it just seemed like they were, he didn't have that same intensity, you know, himself like he had in Boston. You know, Boston, he was just front and center, you know. And in L.A., it was kind of like, all right, you know, my sort of the guy. Yeah. Yeah, well there, well there you go. There's the the, the story of Jay Miller. It was uh, like I said, it was just a really interesting article that I. It was you know you, you get these little these moments in time from uh, year to year or whatever, and the kind of the the story involved in that year around certain teams, you know. And it was uh, you know with the whole Nylon thing and, and and then bringing Jay up, and it was just a really interesting piece. Um, yeah, in terms of uh, like we we were kind of talking about before uh with the with your quote-unquote legends in black and white um what what uh is there anything you're kind of looking for like what are your pieces you're working on right now i know you're always kind of got something in the in the mix what what uh do you have any i get a no go ahead well i do i do have one i'm working on like i was you know, hopefully, hopefully going to be something of a collaboration. I got something like that on the back burners, you know, regarding Tony Twist and Sandy McCarthy, the, who, who was the champ, you know, at that time, that old age, old battle. Yeah. Um, so that was one thing I was, you know, uh, going to be working on, uh, you know, but right now I was just glad to take care of this, this Miller one because I had been sitting on it and I had some, some trouble with the site. And, um, you know, really, really happy to finally get this going. And now that my, issues on the site are taken care of i feel like much more confident that i can you know just sort of like seamlessly you know just keep going it's so frustrating because you you know you're not only are you writing a piece but you're also writing pictures and and you're making video clips and you're uploading them to youtube and you know you're you're trying to embed everything all at once and you hope everything works out and sometimes technology doesn't want to work with you, you know, they want to work against you. So it's, it kind of like kills you sometimes. Like, oh, I want to do this, like uh, the top 25 all-time list, I want to continue to add on to that. But I'm like, oh, geez, every one of these things has so much video, and I'm having such a problem, you know, in, uh, in the YouTube video right now. So that, 
you know, it just kind of kills your confidence and your creativity. But, you know, we're back on track now. So, you know, I, I'm kind of open to suggestion, too. So that's another thing. That's another good thing, being my own boss. You know, I can kind of pick and choose what I want to do. Excellent. Well, I'm glad you're 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 back doing it. Um, you know, it, it was it's um, you know, yeah, technology. All right, folks, we're back. Uh, I, I, the irony of it, just as Steve and I were talking about computer issues, I don't know what the hell happened. Skype went down or something, and he could hear me, and I couldn't hear him. And uh, ten minutes of restart, restarting computers, and unplugging and plugging in, and. Uh, banging my mouse because I think that works, doesn't it? Isn't that what the Job Squad would do? Bang on your mouse. I'm such a computer, right, uh, yeah. <laughs> computer genius over here. Um, but we're back at it. I can't remember where we were now. Damn it. Uh, <laughs> no, just in terms of the uh, of the of the legends in black and white. And you're, I was going to say um, you had mentioned briefly there about uh, kind of looking into the twist um, McCarthy um, era. I think that's that's one. I mean, everybody knows about Twister, but I think that's one guy that I think a lot of people sort of sl- sleep on is Sandy McCarthy. Uh, yeah, I, I um, I mean, I, I don't know if I've become one of his biggest boosters, but to me, he's a he's an all time guy. Just that run in Calgary alone was fantastic. Um, you know, storming into the league in ninety three, ninety four, and. Theoretically, you know, taking the belt from Probert, you know, and beating him at the end of the season. And, you know, that was, you know, kind of huge. And you almost got this vibe like, oh, there's going to be another, you know, Probert rivalry here in the makings. But it didn't wind up really happening like that. You know, um, Probert missed the entire, you know, next season. And, you know, by this point, when he came back, he was with Chicago. And things were a little bit different. The heavyweight picture, it, it changed a little bit, didn't it? You know, I think at that point, Tony Twist was on the rise. Sandy McCarthy had already established himself. Uh, you know, Dave Brown was already just about done at that point, you know, and it was sort of like a whole new, you know, whole, whole new, you know, era was sort of taking place. Chris Simon was another guy marching up the heavyweight ranks, you know, so it was a very interesting transitional uh, phase and uh, something I'm going to be looking into. Yeah, and I think that, and that's the one thing with Sandy. I think a lot of people just see the Ranger. Brewing stuff of them, and they and they yeah, because his his fall was pretty it was pretty precipitous. I mean, it wasn't like you know where he just sort of like faded out. You know, he's you know was sort of a shadow of his former self by the time you know he was in Boston. You know, and uh, you know, I'm not exactly one hundred percent sure why, why that was. You know, um, why he had such a dramatic drop off. You know, towards the end of his career, uh, but. But we've seen that before with, with certain fighters. You know, some guys they, you know, they go out after a couple big losses. You know, or you know they have a, a you know, a couple rough, you know, years at the end of their career. And you know, sadly, McCarthy is sort of like one of those guys that he just sort of, you know, he kind of came in like a lion and went out like a lamb. Yep. Yeah, but like you said, that early that that those first bunch of years in Calgary and in Tampa, oof. I, I encourage people to go back and check out the Sandy McCarthy from that era. Definitely. Yeah, I think, to be honest with you, I think it's it's funny because I, I know Twist got a lot of uh, recognition and, and deservedly so, you know, around, you know, the mid-90s, you know, he, when he went back to St. Louis, he was, a, he became, you know, a total force to be reckoned with, you know, uh, the most dangerous, you know, power puncher in the game. 
Um, this guy kind of had like frightening, you know, sort of like mauling capability. And, um, you know, then you had sort of McCarthy, who was a little bit different. I mean, he was a little bit bigger, but he was much more of a, like a brawling toe to toe kind of guy. And, you know, um, so it was, you know, sort of interesting how things went at that time because McCarthy sort of got to Probert first, you know, and, you know, I think a lot of people sort of looked at him as sort of the new champ, so to speak, you know, and, he sort of rolled right along right through those sort of prime twist years, you know, where, you know, twist was sort of like a wrecking machine in that second half of, of the 1990s, you know, and, and McCarthy was you know sort of right there. I don't really, I never really saw too much that made me think like, Oh, well, you know, twist is head and shoulders better. You know, he's the man, you know? So it was sort of, sort of interesting. I remember, you know, uh, talk about twist being the champ around this time and, you know, but there was always Sandy McCarthy, I think, that sort of, you know, would keep, have people sort of second-guessing that notion, you know, because he was so awesome, you know, with Calgary, and then basically that same time frame. No, absolutely. No, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, Sandy was good, man, definitely. And, uh, well, on the, so, well, I'm glad to hear that you're, you've kind of, uh, you know, cleared up your, your website issues and, uh, you know, you can get back at her. I mean, for the so for the people listening out there, it's when probertwithking.com. I keep telling you, Matt, you got to come out with merchandise because you got like the best name going. <laughs> yeah, maybe one of these days. I don't know. I think the Probert Estate might have some uh, issues with with some gear coming out with uh, Probert's name on it or anything like that. But um, I don't know. It was, it, we'll see what happens down down the line. I'm, I'm lucky I can get the next piece out within the next few months. Uh, yeah. Let alone get gear, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, and uh, I know some of the articles that you've you've been on there. I mean, you've broken down certain fights at the Friedrich and Van and Bush and uh, the uh, Probert and McSorley and and that type of thing. And um, was your one article hockey's greatest fighters? Yeah, that one. And uh, that was sort of that was the the, the monumental piece, obviously, and the you know um, the top twenty five there, of course. Like I said, I think it, I don't know. It was episode three or four on on this show where I had you on, and, and we and we broke it all down. Um, again, for listeners out there, I I recommend going back and definitely checking out that episode if you want some some old school fight talk. That that is definitely the episode for that. You know, it's funny because I've actually, you know, over the like last year or so, I've like expanded into the whole Facebook side of things. You know, because I I was never really active on it before. But I've had people actually reach out to me and mention that episode. Like, yeah, hey, were you the one that did the you know episode with Fourth Line Voice about the top twenty-five? And I'm like, yeah, that was me. You know, it's, it's actually funny that people ever, you know, seem to recognize that one. You know, so that's pretty cool. Yeah, man. No, it's uh, I know, I know, it got a lot of listens, and yeah, um, I'm still like. I'm, I'm like you with the old, like, I guess it's because of our age and stuff like that. I mean, I, as we've kind of entered into this new frontier of, uh, I, I still sometimes can't wrap my head around the, the, the whole internet thing. Like, it's like I'm doing yeah. a, a podcast, but I, I don't, I don't know. It's weird. I always just sort of think I'm talking to myself. So all <laughs> of a sudden when you get feedback from people and they're like all over the world, I'm not trying to sound like, oh, I got thousands listening or anything, but it's, a, but you know what I'm saying? You just, you, you realize how small the world has become with social media. You're, you're, you're right. Yeah, that's true. Absolutely. You know. Well, and it's just like, even, even back when we first got on the internet and like, well, when I first interacted with you would have been on the, on the message boards, 
So like I always tell everybody, yeah. like with with when I have older guests on, older like we're fucking seniors, but I mean you and I or like Joe Lazito or guys like that or Dave history hockey fights. I mean when I have you guys on and we're talking, um, and I think for the younger listeners that have, they grew up with the internet, they don't know any different. They grew up with the internet. For us, this was like a big deal to to stumble oh, yeah. onto a fight message board and realize that there's other psychos other than yourself that like hockey fights, <laughs> you know, You're and, right. and all of a sudden I could trade tapes with these people. Oh, they own tapes too. I thought I was the only one for some reason. You thought you were the only one. And so all of a sudden you start trading with people and it's like, um, at that point you realize how small the world be, is becoming when, well, like we were just, I mentioned his name at the start and I know he listens to the show Zoltan out there, you know, yeah. it, you know here I'm checking trading with a guy in like what Russia you know, and stuff like that, oh, or yeah, Slovakia. Slovakia. <laughs> yeah, and it's like, uh, you know, Jay in Finland. You know, I'm, I'm getting newspaper articles about the Regina Pats from a guy in Finland. Like, really? Like, it's just, it's bizarre, man. It is, yeah. No, and you, it, it, it's funny because I remember when I, when the switchover happened from, you know, when you went from like the VHS days to the to the DVD days, and you finally made that commitment, like, all right, I'm going to go and. I'm going to, you know, I'm going to do this, you know, I don't know if this DVD thing is going to last, but everyone seems to be on it right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to do it, you know, and some of the, some of the earliest DVD traders that I actually encountered that would, you know, like, Hey, yeah, I'll, you know, I'll I'll trade with you as my list. They'd be from Russia. Yeah. You know, you had a lot of guys that were out there. They love the fight game and they, they were out in Russia doing their things. A lot of those guys wind up migrating over to like drop your gloves and stuff like that. So you'd run into them over there too. Uh, but it was it was pretty funny. It, it, it is interesting how things have changed over the years. But yeah, it's such you know, it is a small world nowadays. Yeah, no, and it, and it's and and I always say like, um, and, and and doing this podcast. I mean, that's been the real fun part. Um, you know, as frustrating as the process could be, like frustrating, like it was ten minutes ago as I was trying to get this damn thing to work again. Why is it not working? Um, besides. Uh, you know, when you, when you get into it and you're, and you do episodes and you get feedback from people and it's like, yeah, like you said, it's a, so you get a guy from Europe that, oh, I listened to every episode. It's like, really? I'm like, why? <laughs> you know, it's like, okay. I'm like, but it just seems so, um, it, it's just so bizarre and, uh, and really humbling actually. And, and, it's, and it's really cool, but it, it, it's cool to think, um, like I enjoy having guys like yourself on that have, have the knowledge to, you know, you, you, to give you guys the platform and to present it for people, well, around the world to listen to. Like there's dudes in, in Russia or Finland or in uh, Manchester listening to us talk about Jay Miller for the last hour and a half. And it's just so bizarre to, to say that, but it's, uh, yeah, it's awesome. Yeah, so like, uh, and you forget until all of a sudden you get, like you just said, you get feedback about that, and it's like, uh, you know, oh yeah, I was listening to the show. You're, you know, oh you were the one, you know, okay, you know, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you, you just sort of, uh, you, you, I don't, know, it's it's just weird as you, you forget sometimes that the 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 power of social media and the and the reach around the world that you have now with this stuff and. So it, uh, and I mean, 
I've seen people commenting on your, when, when you posted, uh, well, just even this last article, um, you know, try to get traction with the retweets and everything else. And, and you, and you see the feedback it gets, um, stuff like that's really rewarding. Oh, it is. Yeah. And it, it's like, it's like a lot of times I, I like, what you said, it's not a lot of us that are like really into this whole hobby and collecting, you know, DVDs and footage and breaking it down. And, and then, you know, you know, going on like Twitter or Facebook and discussing it with other people who are into it as well. And, you know, and, uh, you know, when they turn around and like I was telling you, you know, someone was like, Oh, that, you know, that top 25. And not only did he say, say he liked the top 25 episode, but he said, well, I'd have this one higher. And I, I put this one in this spot. And, you know, it kind of generates its own discussion, which is, you know, also really cool too. And it's, you know, just like I was, I've said to you so many times, it just kind of keeps the, the, the discussion going about these great tough guys and these, these great fights that have gone on throughout the years. And it's cool that we're still talking about it and the hobby still sort of like evolving. We went from, you know, the, the aggressive hockey report magazines to having podcasts now. It's, you know, that, that are sort of dedicated to it and, you know, people writing, you know, uh, stories on the internet about these fights. You know, it's, it's good to see things are still moving along and it hasn't died out yet, you know, like, like it has basically in the NHL. Yeah. And it's, uh, you know, and like you said, it, it's sort of, it's, it's sort of bittersweet, right. With the message boards going down and, um, all that kind of history went away. That was really shitty, you know? So it's like, uh, you know, anytime you can, um, um, you know, with the Twitter, Twitter's one thing or, um, and, and Facebook, you know, those are always, those are good, but, uh, I, I think, uh, when guys like you were, uh, I guess what I'm trying to say is I, I'm glad you're back writing and your site's working again, because I think, um, you know, in terms of the, the hobby or keeping it alive, so to speak with air quotes, uh, you need guys like yourself doing that. And, uh, so I, I'm, I'm definitely glad that you're back at it for sure. And, uh, you know, and, uh, you know, and you'll come on these, come on the show uh every once in a while and uh and we'll 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 talk some old school and i just like uh, sitting there listening to you break down stuff because it's like i have you know for all the footage and everything that i've watched and all that stuff it's like i know get talking with you and holy shit you start breaking down dates and 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 sort of runs that certain guys had and it's like i never realized it at the time but it's like so that's why I'm, i'm really pumped that you're still writing and shit and staying involved anyway Despite a busy schedule. Oh, oh yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate the kind words, brother. And you know, it's 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 just awesome, like to be able to do something like this, and then you know, have someone like yourself, uh, you know, have us come on the show, and you know, even with like John with the Hockey Fight League, you know, um, yeah, uh, you know, you'll have him on there, and you know, you'll you know, he'll, you'll have him discuss the breakdowns for the leagues and all the different teams, and you know. Um, and that's just like, like I look at that as just like another like extension of the hobby. And, you know, and, and you have guys like me and John come on the show and, and just talk about our thing, our little niche in the hobby. And, you know, it's, it's really awesome, you know, uh, you know, for you to have us come out there and, you know, just, it just helps everything go along. Like we're all sort of pulling together for each other and everything like that. And, you know, I really appreciate it though. Thanks a lot, man. 
No, absolutely. And, and like I said, I, I, you know, with Twitter and everything, it's like, you know, as much, well, every episode I'm on here ranting and shitting all over Twitter and yelling how much I hate social media, <laughs> but, uh, and there's a lot to hate about it, but at the same time, um, a lot of people on my, uh, you know, that I follow and are on my timeline, um, we have kind of talked it, there is sort of a fight community that we've kind of built on Twitter, you know, and it's, you know, a solid, you know, 30, 35, 40 people that are always, you know, around with the articles or a, a fight clip or what have you. And, uh, you know, and then of course, Alex starting up the Facebook, I think Alex starting up that Facebook page is pretty huge too. The, uh, the enforcer appreciation page. Now, as much as there's a lot of oh, yeah. new school stuff on there and, you know, and, you know, and, and I mean, every third guy that joins, Hey, has anybody ever seen Probert Cox? You know, yeah, we've seen it, you know, <laughs> you know, Tasker Sen. Yeah, I know, buddy. You're not breaking new ground here. But, uh, you know, but for every one of that, there's, uh, you know, Brian Kurzman putting up an old AHL picture of Shane Churl and Binghamton or something. You know what I mean? And it's like, so you, yeah, yeah, you know, you see shit like that or, uh, you know, like I said, Jade Finland putting up old, old articles. And, you know, so as much as all of a sudden you start kind of thinking it's all over. You know, you kind of, oh man, all of a sudden something sparks your interest again. You know, some, some new piece of, a, a new picture that you've never seen or a new piece of video or an old newspaper article sparks the fire again. You know, so yeah, it, right. uh, I, I'm, I'm glad there's, it, it's still, it, it, it's not as like it once was, but they're, they're, we're clinging on anyway. There's still a few things around. That's right, baby. Yeah. They'll never get rid of us. No, exactly. I mean, they'll, uh, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, you know, like I said, I guess with the podcast and and just Twitter in general, like I was saying to, uh, Alec the other day, I said, as much as I hate Twitter and stuff, it's like, these are the only people I could talk fights with anymore. You know, like I can't go out in the living room and ask my wife her thoughts on Craig Cox, you know? So, (laughs) you know, it's like, uh, I, you know, that's kind of my only, my only outlet is to, to talk about this stuff anymore, you know, and, uh, is with, uh, strangers on Twitter. I don't know what that says about me, but whatever, you know, (laughs) it's a hobby. You're right about that though. I, I, I'm the sort of the same way. Like when I go to work and I talk, talk to the guys, I can't talk to them about Dave Brown taking on Jay Wells three times in, in one game. They look at me like, what are you talking about? Like, who's Dave Brown? You yeah, know, they they don't. It's, it's just you know they're sports fans, but they never really delved into hockey fighting like this or anything like that. You know, they I, the other day Kevin Miller fought this kid Miles for the Senators, and I went into a whole history of Kevin Miller. And they're looking at me like Jesus Christ. You know, like you know too much about this stuff for your own good. Oh yeah, but you know, but like like so you plug into Twitter and Facebook, and you know you have a sort of like community of people that are sort of like minded that do the same thing. Thank God. Yeah, well, exactly. Like, if I go and forget... Yeah, if I walk into the shop tomorrow and start talking about Bennett Wolf, I mean, though, who's that? Is that the new grader driver? Who, who's Bennett Wolf? You know, like, <laughs> you know, who are we talking about? Is that the new supervisor we got? Like, no, you know. But, I mean, if I say Bennett Wolf on Twitter, I'll get a few replies anyway. So, it's like... Uh, oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, it's like, you have that... You know, we all go to work and slug away and you know, do our normal life thing, but, uh, it, it's a nice escape still to, to come on and, uh, you know, at least interact with some, some like-minded, uh, 
psychos. It's like discovering fried chicken for the first time back in like 1997. It's like, all right. <laughs> you know. Yeah, you know, it's funny, it's funny too because there are, or there were anyways, but, you know, it's talking about Bennett Wolf. There was a poster over at HockeyFights.com um, whose name was Bennett Wolf. Like, yes. that was his handle. And um, he was a real knowledgeable guy who used to live around the Baltimore area and used to go to some of those skipjacks games. So he would have a lot of background info on, you know, on certain fights, you know, and he knew a lot about Bennett Wolf from those AHL days that normal guys just wouldn't know about, you know, and which was also another reason why it was great that there was a sort of extended community, like, you know, people grew up in Rochester and all about the Americans and all yeah. those AHL teams when Val James played. And, yeah. You know, like, it's and it's sort of regional, like, you know, like yourself, you know, being out in Saskatchewan, you know, you would know a lot more about the juniors teams out there than, you know, your average everyday fight fan, you know, and it's that's what, one of the things I always loved about the community. There was there's all these little experts in different fields of the whole hockey fight universe, you know, so I, that's one of the things I really loved about it. You know, some guys like a big ranger historian, you know, and then there was another guy that was a big probert guy, you know, and, yeah, you know they all had those little tidbits of info that nobody else really knew of, so it was it was pretty cool. And there's still some semblance of that, you know. That's that's the good thing. No, absolutely, and like and yeah, like you said, you can go on the message board, and yeah, there's the guy in Rochester, so he's going to start, you know, telling you about Andy Risto, you know, or stuff like that, or oh yeah, you know, yeah, or yeah. you know, or, or it'd be funny somebody be oh fucking Van Dorp, what a punching bag, yeah, fuck this that, and the guy be uh, hold on. <laughs> I watched him in Rochester, you know, and it was like, and you'd get a whole different perspective on Van Dorp, right? Because the dude, True. like, threw down hard in the American League, right? He and, did, yeah. You yeah, know, and it's changes. like, yeah, and I mean, people just think of the, oh, the, the buyer's fight. No, he was a he was a goof. Well, it's like, no, he wasn't, you know, and it's like, you know, and the same thing, you know, you talk about, like, with Bennett Wolf and stuff like that, with the old the Baltimore footage and Val James and, and stuff like that. So yeah, you'd have your different, uh, your folks in different areas that would, uh, that would, that would, uh, could talk on that stuff. Oh, definitely. I remember there was certain guys, even, even NHL stuff, you know, like there's a lot of teams that had, you know, even though they're NHL teams when, you know, coming along, like, you know, there's a lot of missing early Pittsburgh Penguins footage. that's just gone. There's, yeah. there's huge gaps in old Vancouver Canucks footage, you know, uh, LA Kings, you have sections where we don't really know what happened. And then you get people that would just sign up for these, you know, like uh, hockeyfights.com or fried chickens. And, you know, they, they would get on the site and they're like, Hey, uh, you know, I was, I, I lived in LA at the time. Uh, you know, I was there for that fight. Uh, I was there for that bench clearing brawl. I saw what happened or, you know, they could give you all kinds of feedback that you otherwise would have no idea about. Oh yeah. And like, even just like in simple things like, Oh, preseason games. Oh yeah, I yes. remember. Yeah, it was like some minor league guy that you didn't like. It wasn't even on drop your gloves, you know. And it was like, uh, oh, it's funny. Like even talking, uh, doing this podcast, you talk to certain players, and they're like, oh yeah, I was in uh, Pittsburgh camp. It's like what you were? Oh yeah, no, I got into a fight with so and so, and it's like okay, it's like it's not listed anywhere. It's like, and you don't know any of this stuff, right? But it's like some guy on a message board or something would post it and like what was it the other day i mean apparently i mean people probably knew what, what, what was byers we we're talking about linda byers and then all of a sudden somebody was like oh yeah he, he he had a fight with hartford in the preseason 
Like, when the hell was Lyndon Byers on Hartford? I didn't even know that happened. Oh, he did. Yeah, he did. You're right, yeah. But it would be just stuff like that, right? If you never saw footage or anything, and it was just like, I don't know. You know, and all of a sudden, but You're right. somebody, oh, I was there for it, and you know, or whatever. You know, because there's lots of, you know, just inner squad or preseason that, you know, just wasn't around. Especially in the 80s. True. You know? Yeah. You know, it's funny you mention it because um, in one of the Sandy McCarthy... Marty McSorley fights, I think it was a preseason game, and there there were actually two fights, I believe. In one fight, McCarthy apparently smoked McSorley, but that footage hasn't surfaced. But what has surfaced is the real long marathon brawl that they had that McSorley actually edged out McCarthy in. Um, and I remember there was someone on FC that would be, hey, I was there at that game. And early before that, McCarthy, you know, you know, you know, gave it to Marty pretty good, you know, or something like that. And uh, I was like, oh, wow, I never even knew about that. You know, yeah. like, uh, that's that's great, great info. And it's, you know, the guy's not just fucking bullshit. You know, he's a regular on FC for years, you know. So it's kind of like, oh, there's some legitimacy there. You're like, wow, okay, I didn't know about that. Yeah, exactly. And it was like, that. that's been the real cool thing, going back to, you know, Jay with the with the newspaper articles. Like he sent me some stuff there. It was like, oh, you know, oh, and this guy tangled with so and so in the in the exhibition series. It's like, really? Like you never would have known that stuff, right? But you know, somebody took the time to Joe Jay took at the time to to dig up the newspaper article, and oh, there it is, right? And it's just like, who knew? There's just like so oh, much. There's just so much stuff out there that it's just unknown, you know. And and like yeah. you said, and then. Yeah, especially with the minor league stuff, or and I've often said this even on this show with getting yourself or Dave or or just even uh, Nick or or uh, Jay out in Iowa, just everyone in their different pockets has had a different fan experience, right? <clears throat> and so to sure. hear their to hear their story about how they got into it or who, you know um, what team they followed or fans of, and 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 they can give you the lowdown, you know, and and as much as they the NHL is tough minor league stuff's even harder, you know, to go back and, and, and find footage, footage, let alone this guy playing here and there, and, you know. And uh, so when you could talk to different people and from different areas that, oh, yeah, I was there, I remember that, and it was, uh, you know, to, to kind of go back to the whole thing, right? It's, it's uh, you know, without this whole social media message board slash Twitter, Facebook thing, I mean, you know, you wouldn't know any of this stuff. That's true. You're right. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad at the very least, even though I'm not a big social media guy, you know, in general. But I mean, I'm glad there is some sort of central area that we can kind of commiserate in. You know, no, I, uh, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or something like that. You know, I'm, I'm glad we at least have that, and you know, um, so we have some way to sort of share the knowledge. No, exactly, and uh, yeah, and like I said, every day when I, I get on Twitter and start scrolling and just get mad at the world. And I didn't think there were, I didn't think there were so many <laughs> stupid people in the world. Uh, you know, I, I, and I've often like, oh, I should just get off Twitter. I hate this thing as much as I loathe it. Then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, there's, there's Steve putting up a Miller article. Okay. I like Twitter again, you know, and it's just like, <laughs> you brought me back, you know? So, yeah, as, well, I'm and, glad I could pull you back in, man. Yeah, no, it was uh, no, man. I I appreciate you coming on tonight, and I know it's late out there, so I won't keep you any longer. But uh, definitely, we will definitely do this again for sure. 
And uh, I, I'm pumped. I'm pumped that you're back and writing, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I just uh, I'll, I'm going to be keep continuing on, and uh, you know, hopefully there'll be a much more steady flow of uh, you know information coming from the site. Excellent. Well, once again, folks, it's uh, whenprovertwasking.com. Check it out. Steve's got great articles, and uh, I'm pumped you're back. And uh, again, it was great talking tonight, man. I appreciate it. Oh, hey, man, Darren, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Um, you know, you really, uh, you know, open up your world to guys like myself, you know, to, and sort of like help put us out there. You know, I, it's one thing to be on Twitter and post, you know, post an article on there, but it's another thing to kind of come on the podcast and talk about it. You know, and other people sort of hear about it and get wind of it, and they want to check it out. So it's really great. Thanks for having me on. Um, you know, anytime you want to talk fights, you know, feel free to call. Absolutely, man. I appreciate it. And uh, excellent. Have a good night, man. All right. You too, man. Stay safe. Take care. You too. All right. Bye. And you people that don't like fighting, how many of you did you walk out and get a coffee while that was 